The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you We're talk. We're going to start with a song in a second. Trust me, it's what we do here. Shut Alan? up! Alan! How are you? Now, here's the thing, Alan. Catherine and I... Great bangs today, by the way, Catherine. Thanks. Great bangs! Catherine and I uh, think it's great that you're phoning back, Alan, after the two-week sabbatical, um, the rehabilitation programme. We think it's great you're phoning back. Because... I'm being this for I'm a celeb. I don't, we're not, that, that, no, we're not doing that. But, if you want to come on to the show, you have to tell us one thing, one thing, one thing that happened on the previous night show. That you, you weren't involved that in. you were not involved in. You're talking about the... So, don't, you, don't, you can't know you were talking about... You were... You were talking about the death of Stanley! You were... You were... Shut... You were talking about the death of Stanley! You were talking... You were talking about the death of Stanley! Don't give me that bullcrap! Don't give me that bullcrap! You were talking... I'm coming here. I'm so angry now. Right. Sorry, sorry, Catherine. I'm very angry there. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, listener. He's hung up. Find him back. He can come on... But he has to give us one thing, because he got suspended for not listening. So he has to give us one thing that happened in last... Get him straight on. Now. Now. Talk to this loser. He's not answering. I'm so tempted to get in my car and drive to Birmingham and shout out of the window, Alan Carrick! So, the show cannot continue now because Alan has ballsed it up. He's got his wanger out and he shoved it in my ear. I'm in a, I'm in a bad mood. So, dear listener, for the show to continue... Oh, he's back. What happened? What happened? What happened? Hello? What happened to you then, Alan? You seem to have got accidentally disconnected during our conversation. No, I didn't get gas. I, I called and finished the conversation. What do you mean you finished the conversation? No one walks out on me, not even myself. What? Right, I cut him off that time. Funny back, Sam. <sighs> not having him hang up on me. I hang up on them. I hang up on those guys. Get him back on. This time, no one hangs up on each other. This time we have a conversation. Can we please just calm everything down? This is getting out of hand. I, I hung up on you then, Alan. Yeah, because you finished the conversation. No, I've, I've finished. So, if you want to come on the show, it's, yeah. it's very, very simple. Catherine, could you explain the rules to him? Alan Caddick. Hi, Kath. Hello. What we want from you is for you to tell us what happened on... A part of yesterday's show that you were not in. Now, you wait. Wait. You've got three minutes and 18 seconds to remember a part of yesterday's show that wasn't you and wasn't Stan Lee, OK? Because I'm going to play a song we should have started the show with, but because of you, we couldn't. You ruined well, it. you took the call early. I could have waited after the song. You've got three minutes and 18 seconds to try and think of or remember something that was on yesterday's show, otherwise you can't come on. Thank you very much indeed. Season cycle moving round and round. Pushing life up from a cold, dead ground. It's growing green. It's growing green. It's 
other songs have the word umbilical in. I mean, really. I would say umbilical, but it's just umbilical with something better. I'm going through. I'm, I'm falling down the XTC rabbit hole after that TC and I gig the other week. Man alive. We spent the hour before the show uh, just watching XTC live. XTC live videos. It was great. Let's go to Alan, who hopefully will have remembered something from last night's show, which means he can come on and he can make his point. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Alan. Alan's bottled it. Um, uh, Alan is uh, a scumbag. Alan is a coward. Alan, is, as I was going to say, is probably, but actually we have evidence, is a sexual deviant. Alan is everything that is wrong with this country. Alan, Alan, I tell you what Alan Caddick is, he's the Brexit deal that Theresa May's got. That's what Alan is. That's how flawed Alan is. And one by one, um, Alan's parents are bringing in their neighbours to go, well, this is our son. Um, do, what, do, you, do, you, do you like it? And they're going, no! It's a rebellion in Alan's mum's street. Do you know what else Alan Caddick is? Hmm. He's... Donald Trump's flimsy excuse for missing that Remembrance Day thing. Oh, yes, he is. i tell you who Alan Caddick is. Alan Caddick, this is true, Alan Caddick is the woman who um, thought that um, uh, um, uh, Angela Merkel was Macron's wife. Mm -hmm. That's who Alan Caddick is. Tell you who Alan Caddick is. Go on. He's the anorak that caused so much controversy at, uh, what's his name, Mm. the what's it war, old uh, Jeremy Corbyn. Is Jeremy, Cor- is Jeremy Corbyn's anorak? Totally. Wow. Wowzers. I tell you who Alan Caddick is. Alan Caddick is the ill feeling that was generated by having a German at the cenotaph. Cenotaph. <gasps> tell you who Alan Caddick is. Yes. He's the reason I was throwing up all weekend. Oh. 03444991000. Who is Alan Caddick? I'll tell you who Alan Caddick is. Alan Caddick was the feeling of exhaustion and self-hatred I got when I was on antidepressants and I couldn't ejaculate. <gasps> I tell you who Alan Caddick is. Alan Caddick's the person that wrote that bloody film we sat through yesterday. Oh, Mandy starring Nicholas Cage. I'll tell you who Alan Caddick is. Now that I'm coming off the um, antidepressants, Alan Caddick is the ejaculate. <laughs> That's who Alan Caddick is. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Who is Alan Caddick? Tell you, Alan Caddick is. Yes. Nicholas Cage's wig. <laughs> um, go on, caller. This is fun. Who is Alan Caddick? Come on, who is talking to you right now? Oh, oh. oh yay. I hope he wasn't listening. He wouldn't have been. Don't worry. We're safe. Yes, Alan. I heard what you said, comparing me to Donald Trump or Brexit. I'm just glad you didn't compare me to Boris Johnson's hair. I'm gl- well, I'm glad he only heard those two. Because, <laughs> uh, Alan, I'll let you into a secret. It got a lot worse. So, uh, I dread to think. No, well, don't, I wouldn't... Can we... Hello. I, I want to put a line under the sand. A, a line under the sand? Impossible. He wants to put a line under... So you're going to dig up the sand... Put a line under it and then what? Put the sand back on, on top of it? Uh, no line in the sand, I meant. Okay, right. Well, the line is in the year sand. Zero. Y- year, year zero. Year zero. Year zero was was quite. Well, that was Cambodia, wasn't it? Year zero. It was Pol Pot. Um, no. Okay, Pol Pot. Here's the thing. Yes. Okay. The line is under the sand. It's year zero. We're going to um, murder everyone in. It's either Cambodia or Ethiopia. I can never remember. But if you want to come on tonight. 
All you've got to do, Alan, it's dead simple, mate, is tell us one thing that happened in the show yesterday that wasn't you and wasn't us talking about Stan Lee. It's dead simple. We know you're a big fan of the show, Alan. So let's listen. But I'm not attempt to listen to last night's Um Just have a listen to tonight's show, Alan, because if you want to come on tomorrow, that rule is going to apply for Evs. Andy's on the line. Good evening, Andy. Hey, fella. Hello, hey, Andy. Calf. I've missed you. Hey. Have you missed me? I have missed you, Andy. I could do with a really big hug from you, right? I want a hug oh, from, a, from a man. Well, that's the reason that I've not been around so much. Why, you're not a man anymore? You've been hugging too None much? None all loved up. Hey! Oui. Oh, hang on. You was all loved up. No, I is, I is. He is all loved up. That's all right. Life is all good. Life is all There we go. That's, well, good for you, man. Fantastic. And what's what's the young lady's name? Uh, Carl. What the heck? That's two guys. What, there's two guys in love with each other? What the hell is going on with this crazy world? You guys are sick. It's a crazy, crazy one. It's a crazy one, man, I tell you. Good for you, man. It's all good. Cheers, dude. Oh, that's that's lovely. And, you know, early Uh, days, is it going, it's all right, it's going well? I'll tell you what Alan Caddick is. He's a man I could have had. Oh, the man with the glass coffee table. That's the one. <laughs> Alan, Alan Caddick <laughs> is the glass coffee table. He is. That's exactly what he is. No, Alan Caddick is the thing that went on the glass coffee table. For those who don't know, um, <laughs> Andy um, came to one of our shows in Manchester and he met a very naughty man once. Not at our show. We don't encourage that kind of stuff. Um, but he, he, you met him, was it on Tinder you met him? Grinder? No, no it, was, it was on Grinder. It was on Canal Street in Manchester. Canal Street. And he wanted to basically, this gentleman did not know how to use lavatories uh, at all, So, but he thought that a glass coffee table was Actually, the same as a lavatory. No, it wasn't a table, was it? It was your chest. Yes, I was in a bar. Um, and it's like chat at one was, can I take you home and has H1C on Oh, right. Well, we, we got the idea. You didn't need to literally spell it out. We got the idea. <laughs> anyway, who says romance is dead? After last well, night's exactly. um, emetophilia exactly. show, we're trying that to keep tonight's... interesting, tonight sh- wasn't it? Well, we're trying to keep tonight's show clean. By the way, who have we got on at 11, Catherine? At 11 o'clock, we've got a guy called Alexei, who yeah. is a therapist of a very particular uh, practice. The Yoni Massage. The Yoni Massage, ladies and Ooh. gents. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I was listening to the, I, I was listening to the show today at work, and I must admit, you guys got me through. You know, I was at that stage where I was going, oh, do I have to be here? Yeah. And then I thought, I listened to Cass, and I enjoyed it, and I listened to yourself, Ian, and as I say, I enjoyed listening to Cass. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> but Cass hasn't got the button that cuts people off. I have. Miss. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Yeah, we've got a yoni massagist, masseuse, coming on. If you're a good boy, Sam, we might let you stay up and listen to it tonight. Absolutely, and he can talk about all kinds of other things too. Should be filthy. It will be eleven o'clock. <laughs> uh, the, oh three four four. four. Oh, and next, we've got some great guests coming up. So Thursday, I cannot remember. Let me let me look up the guy's name because I don't. I, I, he's guy's written a really good book. It's coming on Thursday, Monday, ten o'clock in the studio. We've got the director of this brilliant documentary that I told you all to go out and see. It. We, you, we, did we see it together? Yes. Uh, Three Identical Strangers. It's such a good film. It's such a good film. So you've got between now and Monday to watch it if you can. 
Um, I think it's still in a few places. I don't know if it's on DVD yet. It, 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 watch it, because the director is going to be in this studio for the first 30 minutes of Monday show. I couldn't be more excited. Absolutely thrilled. 0344 is the telephone number. This is The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Um, 0344 So, um... Moving to this new house and it's beautiful. I'm broke, but I've managed to scrape a few quid, so I'm getting it painted and decorated. I'm getting it painted, basically the whole house. I'm getting painted because uh, it doesn't actually cost that much. I've got a guy, found a very nice guy, who's um, you know one one quote for three and a half thousand pounds, and his quote was like way under half that, and he comes recommended, right? So, he's, so I'm getting it decorated for about sixteen, seven hundred quid, which is which is, is is a lot of money, and it kind of takes me to the limit. One more time. But it will just make me feel a bit... It'll make me feel happier. You know, it's that weighing up that thing. And it's an investment. It'll make me feel happier. Then I don't have to worry about that for another 10 years or so. So that's good. Right? Again, that's getting done in January. I'm looking forward to that. It makes that house a bit more my own home. And I can't really afford it. But I'm sort of thinking, well, I've got old ladies' bathroom and an ensuite, right? And the ensuite is tiny. And the bathroom is... is but they're old ladies. It's got carpet. And it's got B day in. I've got boys. I've got boys. You don't carpet in a bathroom. It's got boys. that kind of um, turn of the century style yep. um, bathroom suite as yes. well, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Um, it's got an immersion heater. You know, I've had an immersion heater since I was 11. Keep forgetting to switch it off. I keep forgetting to switch Oh. You haven't, have you? Oh, balls, yeah. <laughs> it just goes on for days and days. Anyway. So uh, there's a chance I might be... Well, I will be coming into some money in January, right? I will be coming into a bit of money in January. And so I was thinking, well, if, you know, if I get... If the money comes through that I'm hoping I'm going to get, then maybe I can afford to get these bathrooms done and then that's it. I haven't got to do anything else to the house, okay, for years. There's a couple of things, but that's it, really. But then that's only if you fancy it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. So I've been trying to get a few people in to give me quotes on basically ripping out a bathroom and an ensuite and putting in a new thing, ripping out an immersion heater, putting a shower in there, getting a bigger bath, all of that stuff, right? So basically, I want to give thousands of pounds to some people for for, for their services, for their skill. I, I want skilled people to come to my house, use their skills for a couple of weeks, and I give them thousands of pounds. It's that simple. It's a really simple... Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Really simple transaction. Should be really easy because yeah. the great British tradesmen's always been undercut by I don't know, Poles, Polish people, Poles, the Indians, they come over Romanians here, coming over here, stealing our bathrooms. We're out, we're out of work. Okay, fine. So um, I've had a couple of. I went to the, to a local Facebook page and got a few people recommended. I said, "You just post in there. Can anyone recommend people to come and do?" So got got load of names. Okay. So one of them came around six weeks ago. The one, it was about five or six weeks ago. Still haven't had a quote from him. I texted him today and said, um, well, where are we with the quote? Oh, I'll get it to you tonight. Not had it. So that was six weeks ago. Um, one of them came around three weeks ago. And I messaged him today and said, just, just wondered where we are with the quote. And he replied... Um, Oh, well, I, have you decided what bath, what, what suite you want yet? And I said, no, no, you you know I haven't. I just wanted a rough quote for um, 
Labour to see if I, if it was, you know, to see if it was totally out of my ballpark. Or I could, you know, because rough quote. And he's been, he came round and measured up and everything. And he said, well, the best thing to do is if I come round with some brochures and we look at some sweets and we can work out a plan from there. And I replied, no, you were going to email me a quote. You've been round to my house already. He went, oh, OK, OK. I'll send you a quote tonight. And then he just sent me tonight the most made-up figures. Right, does this make sense? So it's a bathroom, which is quite a big bathroom. It's very lucky. And a really tiny ensuite. And for Labour, the ensuite is £500 less than the big bathroom. I'm looking at it going, you're telling me they're the same price for Labour? So there was that. So that's two. There was last week, I think it was last Monday, I was expecting someone to come around at 12. Give me a quote, local bathroom company. Quarter past 12, I phoned them up. It was the day, it was the Monday after, maybe a couple of weeks ago, the Monday after the clock's changed. Phoned them up at quarter past 12. Just wondering if John's coming round. Oh, yep, 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 John will be round. Yeah, he was due at 12. Yep, 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 he'll be there at 12. Right, this is at quarter past 12. And I went, yeah, um, I'm going out in 20 minutes. Maybe we need to come up with another day. Oh, so you won't be there for 12? I said, no, it's gone 12. She went, oh, oh, well... He didn't, let me speak to John, but he certainly didn't forget it. And you heard her go, John, placing this, this thing. He went, yeah, I forgot it. Yeah, he forgot it. We're having great problems with our online diary in that it's not syncing up. But, so you're not in the diary. But hang on, they're in the same room. Yeah. yeah is it I would online, suggest it's probably his wife. The online diary is not syncing up. Um, I said, OK, all right, that's not a problem. Uh, how about tomorrow? No, can't do tomorrow. How about Wednesday? No, can't. In fact, we're booked up this week. I went right and then they said and we're booked up all next week but should we get a date for the week after i went um i don't know what i'm doing instead of i should have said jog on but i went i don't know what i'm doing then i'll give you a call back phone went down not never calling those goes back so that's three did they say sorry no so that's three right and then a week ago i phoned up another company to book them in for not this week because they were busy but next week next monday to come in and give me a quote right so i get a phone call this morning uh, is that Ian Lee? Yes, it is. All right. This and this is like a. This isn't like a builder's mate or something. This is like a proper showroom place. Okay, this isn't a builder's mate. I've got to make this clear. Because you don't mind what a builder or a builder's mate calls me. I kind of get it. But this is a showroom, right? The young lad. Is that Ian Lee? Yes, it is. Um, yeah, we were booked in next Monday to come and give you a quote. But I'm really sorry, bud. Um, but uh, we're gonna. He said bud, and then I, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Really sorry, bud. So I've had this. This is a really sorry, bud. But we've got someone who's on holiday for two weeks, and also there's training that day. I'm like, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa! They're on holiday and they're training. There's different people. Ah. I said, okay. I said, so what? You're telling me you can come in on the Tuesday? He went, no, no, no. There's a lot of training. So the next appointment we can do for you is two weeks later on Monday, December the fourth. Right, so a month from the original date I booked it, two weeks later than expected, and he said, "Would well, that? Should I put that in the diary, bud?" I went, "Yeah." I said, "The fact that you're you can't even commit to coming round to giving me a quote doesn't really fill me with confidence about you coming to my house on a daily basis to install a bathroom." He said, "Oh." Oh, I said, yeah, so so I guess we better leave it then, because that ain't great service, was my luck. And he went, 
All right, then I hung up a minute. That's four. Put it back to, so two, they're putting it back two weeks. If you put it back a day, two days, you know what? I'd have been cool. I would have been annoyed, but I'd have been cool with that. You want to put it back two weeks? But also, by putting it back two weeks, now you're getting it to, well, it's coming up to Christmas now, so we'll yeah. have to wait till after Christmas. Bud. 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 Now do you understand why when people are not being the way I'd like them to be with me and then they call me love or darling, yeah, yeah. I get pissed yeah, off. I get it. Whoa, hey. So that's, so that's four, right? Oh, no. That's not... No, that's four and a half. Because I got those people because I had a plumber came round to, to, who assured me was a bathroom installation specialist and I told him what I wanted. He went, yeah, this job's too... This job, uh, I don't think I can do it. Um, I'll put you in touch with this bathroom design company. So that's so that's five. Wow. That's five people that have let me down, um, and there have been um, there have been a couple of others. So let's say seven, seven people that let me down. Do you want to know the common thread that connects all of these people together? All of these seven plumbing and bathroom design companies that connects them together. Uh, you know, these people who I want to use their skills and give them thousands of pounds for their skills. The thing that connects these seven companies that have all let me down, British. They're all British. Dare I say it, they're all English. They're all English. <clears throat> Someone told me to go on trustatrader.com or one of those websites. Check right? a trade, wasn't it? Check a trade. So I went on it this morning. First one that came up was a, a Kiwi company, New Zealand based, a New Zealand company owned company British obviously lives in Britain but a, a guy from a Kiwi first one that came up that was had the most stars phoned him up went straight to answer phone I left a message three minutes later he called me back do you know when he's going to come and give me a quote he's coming tomorrow morning oh he's coming tomorrow morning he's not British he's not British he's coming t- he phoned me back three minutes later coming tomorrow morning I phoned another guy this was about 10 o'clock in the morning <clears throat> I phoned another guy left a message he phoned me back at 8 o'clock tonight, British. British guy. But he phoned you back. Phoned me back. I mean, it comes to something when we're grateful for that. <laughs> phoned me back 8 o'clock tonight. Wow. So I'm going to phone him tomorrow. I'm going to give him a chance. But so far, it's seven British have let me down. One Kiwi. And who knows? He may not turn up tomorrow. I've got a feeling he will. Because <coughs> he sounded really grateful that I'd phoned him up. He sounded grateful that someone had considered him... For work. It's as if you were uh, about <laughs> to offer him quite a lot of money. Some of the, the attitude, right. And I don't... <clears throat> a few years ago, I lived in London and we bought a house. And we had the whole house redecorated. I had money then. We had the whole house redecorated. I had a loft conversion, boiler moved, everything. Everything, everything. And I was doing a radio show. I don't know where I was doing it. It wasn't LBC. I don't know where it was, right. Um, but I was doing a radio show. And we got Pol- Polish people in to do it. We got Poles in. The amount of flack I got right, for getting Poles in to do it. So much flack from the listeners from whatever radio station I was working at. Right? Disgusting. You should be getting British. You're putting British people out of work. And I thought, okay, well, these Polish guys, they rock up at half seven every morning and sometimes they're, they're still there nine o'clock at night. And they just blitz the place and they did a great job and it was the cheapest by several thousand pounds. Yeah, well, that's because they send all their money back to their Polish kids. They're not paying tax. You've let, you're letting Britain down. And I took this on board. I thought, okay, maybe I am. Maybe I am. And there were two jobs that the Polish boys couldn't do. One was take out a window in the kitchen and it was either make the window bigger 
or make the window smaller and make a window for it. And they said, we can't do that. Well, OK, and there was a window company just around the corner from me. So we got them in. This is when I lived in Muswell Hill. We got them in to do it. Lovely guy came in, measured up. Said, yeah, okay. and he didn't have to... T- t- the, the Polish boys were going to make the window bigger or smaller, the hole. He just had to make the window, right? It's a very exact specifications. Very exact specifications, which I was there with him and the, the chief builder, and we measured it up exactly. <coughs> exactly. Right? So he went, and he said it'd be two weeks. We'll have the window in two weeks. Beautiful, fine. So when two weeks was coming up, I phoned him up, and he said, yeah, yeah, don't worry, it'll be done. Okay, so the, the poll said, is the window going to be done? I said, yes. They said, okay, well, what we'll do, we expected it the next day. They said, what we'll do, we'll take this window out, we'll put more bricks in or take bricks out. I, can't I think they're making it bigger. So knock some bricks out and it'll be ready. And when the window comes, boom, put it in. So that morning, they knocked that window out, so we've got no window. Guy said, it'll be with you at two o'clock. Five o'clock, I phoned him up. I said, dude, where's the window? He said, no answer. He just left to leave a message. So didn't speak to him. Didn't speak to him for about a week, right? This time I got no window, so a week. I phoned him up and he said, "Yeah, you know, we're having real problems. I, I, I made it, but it wasn't right. wasn't happy with it. You'll get it soon." Another week, so it's now taking four weeks instead of taking two, and he just wouldn't answer the phone. Wouldn't answer the phone. And I didn't want to go around there because I'm a bit intimidated. But I just kept leaving messages, getting angry and angry because we're going to have a window for two weeks now. And then he phoned up. Then he phoned up and said, "Ah, oh, man." Had the window, was in the van overnight, going to bring it round tomorrow. The van got stolen. The van got stolen with your window. And I, right, I'm a decent guy. And I went, <clears throat> gosh, that's unlucky. I'm really sorry about that. When am I getting a window? He said it'd be another week. Right? Oh. After seven weeks from when he said it would originally come, so five weeks late, five weeks of having no window, I phoned him up and I was furious down the phone. The way I spoke to Alan Caddick at the start of the show was nothing compared to how I spoke to this British English builder, right? And um, he went nuts at me and he said, I'll tell you something. My mum has just been diagnosed with cancer. And he went into this rant about his mum having cancer, right? And I took it and I listened to it. I said, okay, right, look, if that's the case... I'm really, really sorry. But I've got two things to say. One, nothing to do with me. Where's my window? Two, I'm going to be honest with you, mate. I don't believe your mum's got cancer. I'm calling you out on that. Massive row about whether his mum had cancer or not. Um, uh, And I said, dude, I don't care. My window is now five weeks late, right? I want a window. And the window came three days later. And oh, and that was the thing. It was too small. It was too small. It was too small, so it didn't fit. There was a gap. And the, then we had an argument, and he said, well, I'll make you another one. I said, do you know what, dude? Just just leave it. We'll, oh, and it anyway, that's British. The other job was getting... So what a, happened? The Polish guys had to make the window slightly smaller again. They had, to, they had to put in some more bricks and do it, yeah, so the poles worked around it. Because they were brilliant, and they did it, and they didn't complain. They complained a bit, but about him, not to me, that they had more. They went, oh, OK, we'll do it. The other job was getting a floor. I wanted a wooden floor put in, right? So I got an English, comp- English guys to come and do it. And their attitude sucked. They were rude. They left marks on the floor. They didn't finish the job properly. They didn't do the beading around the edge. It took them... It, it was it was supposed to do it in a day, right? And they were due at nine in the morning and do it in a day. They rocked up at 11 and left at three with the job half finished. They said, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm like, what? 
And they finished the next day, and I saw... But this is... They hadn't finished, because they hadn't done the beading, and we had to get them back out again. There were pencil marks all over the floor. And they were going. And I came down to... I just looked out the window and saw them going. And I came down, and all the furniture was, like, piled up in the kitchen. And I leant out the window. Boy, sorry, could you come and... Could you come and put the furniture back where it was meant to go? Because I was told that that's what they were going to do. And the guy looked at me and said, can you not get the Polish to do it for you? And I went, no, no, I can't, because they're, they're being paid to convert a loft, not to finish up your job. English, 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 English. Now, I got into flack today for, for saying that all English builders are like that. Not, not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is I've had two historic examples of English companies letting me down at a time when a Polish firm did not let me down at all. They did a blinding job. And uh, in the last month or so, I've had seven English plumbing and bath- bathing bathroom suite companies let me down. And so far, the one that appears not to have let me down and appears to have been able to come in the next day and is grateful is not, is not British. So, I mean, I'm drawing, you know, and I know there are good British builders, and of course there are. I ain't found one yet. I ain't found one yet. It's outrageous. Brexit. Bre- these, Poles, these Poles and Romanians coming and stealing our jobs. Well, do a good job. Do a good job. You Don't be rude. Sound grateful when someone phones you up. Turn up on the day you're meant to phone up. Give the quote when you're meant to give the quote. And don't take the piss with the price. 0344-499-1000. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uh, we'll be talking Yoni Massage after 11. Don't know what it is. Well, it involves someone rubbing your fanny. Um, but you can call in about anything you want. 0344 499 1000. Good evening, Richard. Hi, Ian. Hi, Kath. Hiya. Richard, what have you got for us on this wonderful, wonderful Tuesday night? Well, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. Thank you. And I'll tell you, because I was the guy who... A bum lick. Well, yeah, the last question we've uh, carried... A few weeks back before he got banned. You challenged him to a fight. Oh, yes. Uh, no, he challenged me and I, I just said, of it. I'm adding Carrick's nemesis. <laughs> we're, we're on your side at the moment. <laughs> we shouldn't really support evil, but we're on your side. <laughs> I, I'm not evil, guys, but I think he is. Um, I think, you know, you've given the task to look up for, uh, listen to the show. Yes. I think you should tell him, mm. ask him tomorrow, mm. he's bound to call. Um, about this message, because I'd like to say to Caddy, oh. Caddy, respect the show, respect the talent, listen to the show, and don't just phone up for your one-off monologue. That's it. So if you hear this, Caddy, and don't diss Birmingham. Remember when he dissed Birmingham? Oh, we need new Birmingham. God, I like Caddy. I listen to the show. Um, All right, well, listen, well, Richard, we have, we've got that, we've clipped that, um, we've taped it onto cassette. And we're going to play that to Alan Caddick uh, when he phones in tomorrow. Can I ask you a really quick question? Uh, quick question uh, about the logbooks. What, yeah. What's happening with those guys? Christ knows. I think we're going to get one back this weekend. Which one? Uh, Lou's. One from Lou. The one, Lou who's, who's, who's desperate, desperate to have it to the point of actually being quite annoying about it. And then um, just didn't, then got it and then just didn't bother returning it. So that's outrageous. And one's in America. Well, what's happened to the American one? The young, like an eleven-year-old, has got it. It's in Tennessee. Whose idea was it to send it to Tennessee? Yours wasn't my idea. I've never heard of Tennessee. I can't Tennessee. I can barely tenor here these days, but I can tenor lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost a joke. It was almost. It's in there somewhere. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> one last thing, guys, if I can, because it took a lot. I've had a few drinks, but otherwise I wouldn't have been able to call. Good lad. We uh, like drunk callers. Dru- by the way, not- drunk callers get straight to the front of your queue. Uh, no, I'm not drunk. I'm sort of getting there. But um, is that, that Yoni... The Yoni Master, or whatever he is. Yoni Master. <laughs> Yoni Master. He'll like that. I'll, I'll call him that. Oh, oh, yeah. Yoni if he's got any vacancies going for a trainer... Oh, get uh, it. <laughs> a dirty, dirty boy. Go away. Dirty boy. The logbook. For those who don't know, the logbook was a cute idea I had when I, after I went to New York and saw a show where a guy would give a member of the audience a book to write in stuff and it got passed around and round and round. I thought, oh, we can do that on our radio show. I nicked the idea. And I thought it'd be a fun th- way of just keeping track of what's going on. And when we do the New Year's Eve show, for people who don't like New Year's Eve, which we're doing, mm-hmm. I don't know when it is, it's like towards the end of December sometime, um, then I thought we could go through the logbook and we could reminisce. Because we're not looking at the logbook. People can write anything they want in there. It's supposed to be about writing uh, about the show, but it can actually be about anything. I suspect people will have gone off on tangents. But I thought we could go through, basically it's way of recycling content. Is the thing. So we had one, and then one got lost. Um, uh, so then we bought another one, and then the first one turned up, and then the second one was being held ransom by an a hole. Um, and then the, the first one got sent to Lou, who's banging on about it for ages. And then she got it, and he's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. No, you're going to keep it for ages, you know. You're going to keep the blog book for ages, you know. And then uh, I'm not going. I was going to be the best logbooker of all time, and now I'm going to keep it for ages and I give it to you when I come to bath instead of putting it in the post because I'm lazy like that. Um, so it was supposed to be a bit of fun, and actually it's turned into something very dark that I wish I'd never started. And young lady in um, Tennessee, you better send that book back. Better send that book back. It'd be trouble. Oh three, four four. Four nine nine one thousand. Catherine, what have you got? I oh, was saying we've got the Yoni Master coming on. Yeah. Uh, that's his name from now on. Yeah. In about twenty minutes' time. So, okay. um, any Yoni questions? Okay. Can can you? Um, okay. Can you go and get those two cassettes that are out there? Yeah. Not the one that's in the envelopes. That's for Howard. Yeah. But the two cassettes. They're the ones for the badass women. Yeah. Okay. Should we be touching their tapes? We can touch those tapes because listen, I'm probably the only person in this building that's got a cassette player. I haven't got it on me, unfortunately. But so, mention, mention tapes there. Someone. We haven't got a tape player out there, have we? What a dumb question. Have we? He's looking? No. I don't think Sam knows what a tape player is. Of course he does. He's a bright lad. When I say he's dumb, I'm just being... He's, he's, a, he's cleverer than me. Um, because someone has been sending... Get this. This is creepy, man. This is really creepy. People send posts in and, and things, and that's nice. Uh, Talk Radio, 18 Hatfields. Google the address. But someone has been sending in a series of cassettes for presenters. Have you seen these? They're out there in the office. Right? There's one in an envelope for Howard Hughes. Now, Howard Hughes will have a tape player. Of course he's got a tape player. Basically, one in his car. Um, the other two that we've seen, because they've been left there, to Harriet Minter. That's badass woman's... Yeah. Woman's XL... Well, it's called, not called badass woman's... It's called the XL ass. XL ass. Badass XL. Badass XL. From Elfed, E-L-F-E-D, on the 8th of November, 2018. And that's it. It's a cassette. It's a, it's a cassette. 
an actual cassette, right? Now, I like cassettes. I got load. I, I made you a mixtape. I'm, uh, I'm thinking of when we go to Patreon, when we get the sack from this place in March, we're going to go to Patreon. And people that pay, that join the, um, the, the, the higher leagues of Patreon, I'm talking £500 a month plus, mm-hmm. they're going to get a mixtape, a unique mixtape made by me every month. Um, That's uh, good. Uh, so even Sam, Sam did the like, ooh, like little sigh there. That's good. And we're going to do bespoke porn. Why what? Mm. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. What do you mean? Like the stuff where I can rip, I can rip up books and stuff. I'm not getting my boobs out, but I'll rip up books and stamp on jellies and that. Okay, well, I'll... I'll, I'll... I bet I make more money than you. Okay, well, I'll knock one out. <laughs> okay, so there's that one for Harriet Minter. There's one out there for, for Howard Hughes. And there's a second one. It's good. These are good cassettes, Maxell. Uh-huh. Oh, look, 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 look. It's another one for Harriet Minter. The 5th of November, 2018. So this was done three days apart. Oh. Right. Right. There has got to be... Can we get get into the engineering department? There has got to be a cassette player in engineering. There has got to be. I bet there isn't. There's got to be. Come on. How long did it take them to put some headphones in here? Somewhere... um, Have I got a portable cassette? I know the boys have got a portable cassette player. Didn't you have one in your kitchen? No, it didn't work. The tape player didn't Uh. work. The boys have got a book cassette player. I'm not going over there till Thursday. Um, okay, well, Thursday, we're going to listen to these. Thursday, Sam's thinking. You haven't got one at home, have you? No, I've, I've, I've got, got like my... a little MIDI, mini hi-fi system thing. Well, how many? Well, you can bring that in. No, it's been plugged in for years. It's all dusty. I'm not moving it. It's that big, you, you idiot. She's and the, the speakers. Size... All right. Are you, t- are you typing? What are you doing? What are you doing, boy? Come in. Come on, boy. I think we might have one at home. I'm just going to check. Okay. <laughs> See? Because uh, I've got, I've got a, uh, a hi-fi uh, music centre. Nads. Yeah, I've got my nads. It's, it's too big. Okay, well, if Sam's got one, we'll play it tomorrow. And if he hasn't, we're going to play these cassettes on Thursday. It might be private. We shouldn't be left in the office. A private business. I'm a private business. <laughs> Do it on your chest. Don't tell my mother, please. <laughs> um, but why would... Uh, uh, hello, Harriet. I love listening to the bad effects now. They're my favourite, and uh, I just want to say that uh, while listening to it, I like to. I get very, very excited listening to it. Really good radio. No, I've done it now! You're a bad boy! <laughs> God, we can say. I bet it's not. I bet it's something really boring. I think it's probably just a recording of the show. Which is great, but what I mean is it's not as exciting as that. But Howard Hughes has got Winsett one as well. That is a mystery. Yeah. That is unexplained. A, that is unexplained. That's the name of the show, not the mystery show. <laughs> um, why is no one phoning in? What's everyone's problem? We're giving them gold here tonight. This is gold. Um, go on, what you got? Uh, okay. Here's one. Here's an interesting one. Could this man help you win back your ex? Married father of two <clears> takes <throat> rakes in hundreds of thousands of dollars a year helping lovelorn singles reunite oh. with the ones who got away. Yeah. Okay, this is in the Mail Online. A relationship coach who specialises in winning back exes for spurned lovers earns thousands of pounds each month by giving his clients a few simple pointers. Okay. Coach Lee, a.k.a. Lee Wilson, 38, of Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee Nashville, again. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tenor, what was the joke I did? Tennessee? Tenor here, tenor lady. Oh, can I Tennessee? Okay, I've got another joke for you. Tennis, tennis, Tennessee? Tenor D, tenor E. Yeah. 
And the punchline is? So, there was, um, <clears throat> so, there was a drug dealer in America, and uh, he was selling ecstasy tablets in Nashville. And um, he wanted, he, he was American, he was an American guy, he had an American accent. And he was in, he went to, he said, he said I got some of these, tap, these ecstasy tablets to sell. And the guy went, and I, oh, I, got, I got these ecstasy tablets to sell in Nashville. And the guy, the guy went, Tennessee? He went, no, they're a tenner E. Tenor and E. I don't think they say tenor. He was English. Right, okay. Okay. By the end of the night, we'll have a joke. It won't be a good joke, but we'll have a joke. James says, all I'm thinking about this cassette tape talk is sore. I want to play a game. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what if it is that? <laughs> I want... Harriet Minter, I want to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. So carry on. Okay, so this guy, Lee Wilson, 38 of Nashville, Tennessee, yep. advises around 4,000 people each year charging $87, which is £67, for each half-hour session of $47 yep. uh, or £36 for an emergency breakup kit, including a video and text guide to rekindling a broken romance. Ooh. Married to stay-at-home mother Joanna, 40, the father of two, said, the biggest and most common mistakes people make when they're trying to get back with their exes is to become desperate and grasping. What, like hiring someone? Yeah. They often beg and ask to be taken back, appealing to the other person's mercy and immediately putting themselves in a position of weakness. Big picture. That nearly always just digs the hole even deeper because they didn't go out with that person in the first place through mercy. They did it because of love and attraction. The relationship coach for 18 years, hang on, he's 36. What do you mean? You're saying a 36-year-old couldn't know anything? He's 38 for 18 years. So what, he was 20? Yeah. No, no, he was 20, not 20. We've got young people listening to this. I want them to be speaking properly. He was 20, if you're listening at home, dear listener. 20. And what would he have drunk when he was a baby? At his mother's breast? Tennessee. Milk. You school me. Probably, if he's an American, he's probably drinking hooch. (laughs) So he's been a relationship coach for 18 years, ladies and gentlemen. As in Turner and hooch. Lee draws on his own experience gleaned from two very painful breakups in his late teens. God. So he knew everything at 20 because of two... Painful breakups in his late teens. Sweet Lord. Stressing the importance of playing it cool and not giving your ex too much attention, he explained. That personal experience was hugely helpful for me in my later career because afterwards I realised the value of not trying too hard. Suddenly at college, when I wasn't actively looking to be in a relationship, I had all these girls asking me out. Yeah! Woohoo! Woohoo! Lee, who studied theology at university... Yeah. Realised he was a natural when it came to giving relationship advice while working as a copywriter for a marriage guidance firm. Leaving copywriting behind in favour of coaching, he was soon helping couples having marital difficulties with confidence. In favour of coaches? Coaching. You know what coaches is, don't you? No. It's um, um, like cheese made from uh, sheep's brains. Ew. Coaches. I thought that's what you said, coaches. You just got cheese on the mind. Coaches. Coaches? Steve Allen's been talking about us again. He's a nice guy. I like Steve Allen's show. Not us. He's about me this time. Someone's just tweeted me. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. I, I, I like I don't even know who he is. No. I thought he died. Despite the fact he'd only <laughs> recently married yes. Joanna in 2000, mm. he's now a mother to his two boys, 
who he doesn't wish to name. That's none of your business, he none says. None of your goddamn business. Get out of my land or I'm going to shoot your ass with my cold cheese gun. All right, so let's see what his lessons are. I've heard enough about this fella. Let's get to the meat. Who reckons he knew it all at flipping 20? God. No, nothing. So, yeah, it was Tracy says he's selling a stalker's handbook. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, here we go, here we go. He says, I always tell people who come to me that you need to give the other person space, and that means not texting them and not constantly trying to contact them, telling them how much you miss them. Your absence is power. Let them go and tell them that you respect the decision to end things and then let that person start to miss you and notice you're not there anymore. Uh, Okay, well, I I mean, you've got to pay someone 40 quid to say don't be weird. Can we get this guy on the show? I want to talk to this guy. Let's ask him. Your absence is power. Let them go and tell you that you're... When they choose to contact you... It's important to show them that you're in a positive place and could potentially move on. All right, well, okay. Normally I find my method is helpful in most instances, even the most extreme. For example, a man came to me after his girlfriend dumped him because she discovered he once went to jail, though for a crime he hadn't committed. Oh, man! Everybody, here's the thing, everybody in prison is innocent. We know that. He kept phoning Apart her to from the... in nonce prisons. He kept phoning her to the extent that the odds of them getting back together seemed real small when he first came to me. But a month later, I got a text out of the blue from him saying it had worked. God. (laughs) So, you're paying someone 40 quid to say, don't phone her. Give me 40 quid, I'll tell you that. Don't phone her. Oh, God. Just, you know... People. People, relationships, um, pleasures bodies writhing in creating those pleasures physical intimacy new news yonis yonis um buttocks all of these things are just, just disgust me <laughs> i wonder where that was going absolutely disgust me. you still want me to get him on coach lee aka <clears throat> lee wilson what's his name coach lee he's calling himself coach lee well, well that's my nickname i was about to adopt that oh. i hadn't told anybody yet oh. but i've been working on for ages i'm coach lee oh well, you should fight him. I will fight Coach Lee. I think it might be time. I did this ages ago. It's on the video of it is on YouTube. I I, I fought a listener. I, I wrestled a listener. I remember seeing the video. Um, and I beat him. I beat him. It was, was close. It, was it fixed though? No, it wasn't fixed. And right? Was he fighting hard? He was. We wrestled. I mean, I mean, I picked a wee lad, and he nearly got me in the first thirty seconds. He nearly got me on like what do they call it? A touchdown, touch out, and he nearly got me. Touch up. But I managed to just, um, I just managed to toss him off, just, just, just in time to to stop him touching me up, and it went on for ten minutes. I was knackered, but I won in the end, right? And of course, last year or year before, I can't remember what it was. We did the thing um, where we punched the listener in the face, yeah. Okay? And and, and um, if you heard that, we we couldn't broadcast it on air health and safety. But it did go out as a podcast. Uh, a lot of great feedback on that. Quite a few complaints. Thanks to the people who complained to Ofcom. Guess what? If it's on a po- on podcast, Ofcom have got nothing to do with it. So you can get lost. It'll punch you if you want. It'll punch you. So thank you. But maybe it's time to wrestle a listener again. I don't want to wrestle a listener. No, you don't have to. I, I will get Sam to do it. <laughs> <laughs> <Sam>. <laughs> Maybe it's time I wrestled a listener again. I've got no problems with repeating old material. And also, I'm a lot more worldly wise. You've got skills now. I've got some wicked... Um, I've got some great skills. I think maybe it's time we wrestled a listener. So, what we need... Should we do that? Yeah. Yes, man. I had a, I bought a cigar and a soldier's helmet, because I was the General Lee. I'm going to be Coach Lee in this one. Uh-huh. Um, 
Maybe we wrestle a listener. It's got to be a man. Um, it could be a woman, but that could cause problems because they will fall in love with me. Uh, like I said, I'm not interested at the moment, guys. I'm just looking for casual, casual sex. God. I'm looking for right now. And when he says oh, casual sex, he means like wearing his tracksuit bottoms. Mm, yeah, yeah, and eating a pizza <laughs> and playing PlayStation at the same time. And not actually having sex. No, don't want anyone there. I just been knocking on. No, <laughs> it'll be a man. Um, so, okay, this is the next hour. Does anybody fancy a fight? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We need a venue. We need a fighter. We need an opponent. Don't because the t- the time is up. And we need you if you think you're hard enough. I don't want to be hard. <laughs> No, I'm not like that. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just tell Just keep moving on Down this road That never seems to end When you adventure Lies just around the bend So if you want to join me For a while Just grab your hat Come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow The whole world is my home The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle. You can listen on DAB, download the app, or go to talkradio.co.uk. Oh, and if you're listening online or via the app, because you can't get us on DAB, well, they've put up some new uh, transmitters, I believe is the technical term. So there is a strong chance you might be able to get us where once you could not. So if you go to your DAB, if you do a deep tune, a deep auto-tune, a deep retune, a deep, it's going to be deep. Don't just do the casual tune. You can do a casual tune and you can do a deep tune. Um, if you do that, then there's a strong chance that talk radio might pop up on your actual radio. 
Um, so I can't remember how we <clears throat> came on to yonis the other well, day. Well, we were talking about different terms for your, um, P- uh, your, your little flower. Okay, your, 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 um, your wang chung. Your, whatever you want to call it. Well, there's so many different words your for penny. it. Your penny. Your penny chew. Tuppence. Yeah, tuppence, that was it, not penny chew. Lady Garden. Yes. And I told you that when <clears throat> Katie Puckrick was here, she yeah. taught me a term which is called a yoni. Okay, I've never heard of this. Which is Sanskrit for sacred space. Okay, oh, okay, right. Yeah. Like, um, like, is that like those places where you can go and sit down and chill out? Like a chill out room? If you want to think of it that way, that's okay. a very nice way to think of it. I think. And, and, and Julia Hartley Brewer went forced away into one once and caused great upset. No, that was a different thing. Okay, it was a completely okay. different thing. Okay. Yep. Anyway, so we were talking <clears throat> about this term, and in order to try to explain it to you, I googled it, <clears throat> and then we fell down this yoni uh, rabbit hole, didn't we? Wow. <laughs> uh, and apparently, um, you can have a yoni or lingam massage, right? A lingam is the, is the, the penis. term for the male member, yeah, yeah, and the yoni is the female, and. Um, so I ended up in this sort of Google thing. Well, I've heard of Google. A Google, Google thing. A Google, Google whirlwind. Yeah. Okay. And discovered <clears throat> our next guest, actually, okay. and who I thought was probably better place to be able to tell us exactly what's going on. Well, let's say hello to Alexei Kuzmin. Good evening, Alexei. Hi there. Good evening. How are you, you doing? You're right. I'm um, good, yeah. So tell me, tell me about this. This is completely new to me, man. And um, okay. this whole thing... Well, of course it's fascinating. So uh, Yoni... Tantric massage. Mm. What is it? Uh, yoni tantric massage. Well, uh, I would say that there are there are two kind of different things. I mean, a tantric massage is okay. something that I would call as a uh, as a full body sexual body work. Ah, okay. Um, whereas the yoni is what I would say is the the part of the tantric massage where you would focus directly on the vagina. So uh, the the purpose of doing a tantric massage. For women would be to um, to create um, a different kind of uh, sexual experience in a guided and supportive environment where you would um, either have some kind of uh, effect for healing, for development, uh, for learning something. Uh, and uh, the yoni massage is um, a specific part. Of okay. It. Well, so yeah. so and, and so, what exactly are you, Alexa? You are a tantric. Practitioner, I'm going to get some of these terms wrong, so please do feel free to correct me. Are you a tantric practitioner? Well, I mean, the way I normally introduce myself is that I am a a sex coach and a sex therapist. I I, I try not to not to kind of put it into the box of tantric necessarily. Broader than tantric, Um, uh, yeah. But but I do, you know, I I do teach people an alternative approach to sexuality, which has come uh, mainly from the tantric and Taoist sources and all the sources that I could find that are alternative. Uh, so I would say that, you know, I uh, either tend to teach people the tantric approach to sex, but now, uh, the, pur- the purpose is just to teach now what them is, about sex. Yeah. What is tantric? Because the, 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 the lot, most people will only know about tantric sex from Sting and his yeah. wife Trudy, and they think it means you don't come for hours. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably slightly more than just that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no need to go for hours. And, and who wants to go for hours, man? Like, I'm a busy yeah. man. I've got, I've, I've yeah, got exactly. time to no go for hours. hours really. oh. <laughs> no, it's all. It's actually about you know how do you make it? How do you make it fit into your life? How do you make it kind of short but really, really good? You know? Yeah. Um, 
But um, no, I, I mean, essentially, uh, a, a tantric has become a bit of a catch-all term, really, for yeah. uh, all the different approaches that uh, is basically uh, something beyond just your uh, typical mainstream approach to sex, which is just about some physical stimulation and release and maybe some fun. So something that's directed more uh, towards uh, a deeper connection, perhaps something more... Um, intimacy. Yeah, intimacy, love, uh, gen- uh, definitely. Something more conscious, something more to do with well-being, with uh, a holistic approach to sex. So yeah. um, I would say that, you know, it's not necessarily that you are, touch- uh, you are teaching a specific, uh, some kind of exotic uh, technique from a different culture, but it's just a... Uh, say a, a deeper way of having sex probably would be the better way to explain that. And uh, and uh, uh, I've got so many questions. Who, yeah, who? That, thank you. And if I ask anything that you don't want to answer, just tell me to jog on, Alexei, and it's it's all cool. Because okay. we, we've, we've been kind of talking about sex quite a bit on this show. Yeah. And okay. and and we've been smirking and sniggering because we're British, and that's kind yeah, of what British. Does it, yeah. yeah, but that's yeah. kind of what what British people do. So I was wondering who. Who was it? Who would? Who? Who are the kind of people that get in touch with you, and what do they come to you for? What are they hoping to 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 get from from their time with you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, a lot of people actually feel that they um, they don't they don't really feel that what they're experiencing is uh, I wouldn't say enough, but that's what it should be. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people that come to me, they come from a place of already having some kind of a difficulty, some kind of a problem, uh, the whole range, really. So I work with lots of different issues. But it's not necessarily just that. Uh, a lot of people just have a feeling that, uh, look, you know, we are, we are doing what is supposed to be good sex, which is what, you know, the culture tells us is good sex. Uh, we are doing it by the book, so to speak. Um, but it still feels like uh, something about it feels quite quite superficial. Perhaps you know doesn't really fulfil um, our needs that we feel in ourselves and in our relationship. And we would just like to learn how to make it a richer, uh, a better experience and something um, that feels like more like a relationship. So I also uh, work a lot with um, with people who come from that place, and I, I would I would say that I generally don't really work with people. Uh, I don't tend to get a lot of clients who are necessarily coming from some kind of a place of being really interested in uh, tantra right. or exotic places like um, uh, topics like that. They they mainly are just people who want to. Um, improve what they feel in sex and in, in, in quite a straightforward way, really, yeah. Alexei, so, we, we yeah. talked a lot about how um, prevalent and, and how influential porn is now. You know, now people yeah. can get it on their phones, you know, you don't have yeah. to pay for it anymore, it's widely available. Do you find that that is um, causing problems in that people have different expectations, maybe they feel intimidated because what they're doing isn't what they're seeing, all that sort of stuff? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I think I think it's um, essentially has become the only sexual education that people get these days. Uh, and obviously, especially if you're talking about uh, a younger generation that uh, has never really known anything uh, different. Um, so yes, I do. Um, in, especially in the recent years, I've been working with that next generation, and things are things, things seem to be quite affected by it. I mean, essentially, it is a. Um, it is a completely unrealistic uh, way of having sex, specifically how women are depicted. Women don't work that way at all. So, you know, they don't work about physically or psychologically or emotionally. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it almost now there is a 
kind of as a feedback loop almost in that because so many people have been influenced by porn now mm. almost the mainstream the, the sex that people have is pretty much porn sex and then there is a uh, almost a, a, a feeling that that's what sex is because now so many people are doing it. You know. Oh, Alexei, as, as a dad yeah. of two young boys, I mean, they are very young. They're, they're just approaching nine and seven. But I, I am terrified yeah. of yeah. the impact that, that, that in, an, in, in a short time, I suspect, when they start seeing hardcore yeah. porn on yeah. their phones or on their friends you can't you know you can't keep it away from them and i just i just hope that i have an honest and open enough relationship with them that they can come to me and say hey we've seen this and i can go okay well that's cool mm-hmm. that you've seen that but actually mm-hmm. that's a movie you know like that's that's a movie yeah. and and that's not real life and this is it's about intimacy it's about looking imagine looking someone in the eyes while you're making love wow you know it's about it's about more than that, and, and uh, I think I think we got we're going to have a generation uh, that is completely screwed up, both male and female, by the, by the the amount and the strength of the porn that yeah. everyone's carrying around in their pockets. So yeah. people yeah. like you, who um, uh, you know promote intimacy and promote um, uh, other ways of gaining pleasure. Well, it sounds like a spiritual connection yeah, as well, which is what sex should be. This is um, people like you, Alexei. This is great. This is what we need. Oh, great! Well, I'm around. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, now, listen. Let's talk, let's talk about the the, the yoni yeah. massage because that was how we, Catherine, sure. kind of discovered you. And well done, Catherine, mm-hmm. for doing it on your computer. The search, not mine. Um, so, so do you do you perform? So, do, do you have? Okay. Yes. Would a woman come to you and mm-hmm. say, "I need a I need a yoni." massage a massage of my vagina and do you yeah. do it uh yes yes but it's not it's, it's kind of like uh it's a little bit more complicated than the way i, you I, I suspected it was <laughs> go on fill me in people people call and people people do people may very well start like this and they'll say you know i heard about the urine massage and i want to do urine massage so i'll say um Tell me why, and we'll have a conversation about what is going on in their life and um, what maybe some difficulties they experience, what they're, they're hoping to improve. And then it will suggest a way we would work with it. And um, it would normally involve the entire tantric massage. The yoni massage on its own is not really something that I think should be done. I think when people offer it, that's a misunderstanding really of how yeah. uh, female sexuality works. You can't really isolate it like that. Um, and uh, it would be a part of the tantric massage, but the massage, the tantric massage it, uh, as a whole, as a body work, would, yeah. uh, would focus on whatever that person is trying to uh, either improve or to heal in their lives. And, and there's uh, lots of different situations, so you tend to focus it in different ways. Yeah, uh, I, and normally I would perform the yoni massage as part of that. Yeah, right. Now, okay, let me let me ask something that a few of the, our listeners have kind of messaged me on, on Twitter and said, surely if you are. A massage is one thing, okay, and I love a massage. Yeah. It's one of my one of my great treats. I've not had kind of a massage like yours, but it's a great treat. If I'm feeling stressed, mm-hmm. I will go and have a, a Thai massage. Is the one that I go for. Go for. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's one thing, but surely an intimate, internal massage mm-hmm. that I'm assuming leads to a, a sexual climax. Mm-hmm. Um, is that not, is that not a form of of sex work of prostitution? Uh, well, I mean, the difference, I think, between doing this kind of healing work or... Uh, healing work. I, I mean, I, I see myself as a sex coach, essentially, and yeah. a sex therapist. Yeah. So 
when people come, it's either to heal something or to learn something. So this is different from someone coming to you and saying, I want this, therefore provide it for me because I'm paying yes. for pleasure. Yep. Yep. Uh, so no one really does that you know, with me. Uh, when people come, I assess what their needs are and I, and I suggest a way for them uh, forward to learn something or, or to heal. Yeah. Uh, so the, um, I mean... It is very unfortunate that in our culture, any way of working with the body to uh, re- resolve uh, sexual difficulties is seen immediately as some kind of prostitution or sex work. It, yeah. It's kind of nonsensical because uh, the only form of sex therapy that exists is having a chat with someone about your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, whereas the um, the normally the issues are in the body, and the uh, the things that people need to heal or to learn are in the body, and it's it's a little bit like learning sport by just talking about it. Yes. So, um, so it's a very effective method. It's uh, it, obviously when it's done genuinely with an understanding by someone who is an expert in sexuality and can understand the issues and can lead someone. Um, it's uh, a, a much more effective method than just talking about it, which, which remains very abstract. So, no, I think that's, that's a very fair question, and I understand how that, yeah. would, um, that would arise. Now, you mentioned you're an yeah. expert. How do, how do you become a sex master? <laughs> how do you become a sex master? Well, there's many different ways. It depends on how you, how you, um, how you define it. I mean, uh, in my case, it was... Um, it was something that started by itself. Uh, I, before I started doing it professionally, I found myself uh, doing it in my private life intuitively without realizing it. So yeah. a lot of the time, at a very early age already, I, um, uh, the women I was with, I not started noticing that I had some kind of a therapeutic healing effect. Uh, uh, yeah, they, you know, they would uh, tell me about yeah. it. And then I just studied uh, a lot of these alternative sources, uh, approaches to sexuality that went beyond the mainstream. So then it was just a kind of a logical thing for me to put it together. I love it. Um, yeah, and to do it, uh, to try to do it professionally. And do you do the, what was there. the other massage, the lungum? Lingam. The ling- do you do the lingam? Uh, well, no, I, I don't because I only work uh, with, with women. With, with women, Good. yeah, yes. with boys at work. I mean, obviously, I... Um, do a full range of uh, sex coaching uh, with all the methods such as consultations and workshops when couples come and they can, you know, either... Well, hopefully they'll come. Me. I'm guessing that's part of the... <laughs> I'm guessing that's part of the thing! Well, well that's, that's probably one thing that yeah. your, your your listener uh, got wrong. It's not, it's not supposed to end in a climax. Oh. And, um, no, that's actually something that I take been doing away from normally. OK. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so, I, I, honestly, Alexa, you're being so open, and we're going to plug your website at the end of this, so people go and get a pen and paper because we're going to let you know if you if if you're interested in, in in this where you can go. So when you say you have couples, and I know Catherine's got some yeah. questions as well. One more for me, then we'll get some from you, Catherine. Mm-hmm. When you say couples, do couples come in, and do you? Oh, there's no there's no way of asking this that might not that won't sound rude. So I'm just, <laughs> no, go ahead. Do you do you come in and you you say to the man, this is what you do, and you start you know putting your hands on his wife, or demonstrating, and demonstrating, or do the couple have sex in front of you and you go, well, if you just kind of turn that around there, and if you reach around there, <laughs> do, how does it work? Because you're saying that being practical is what it's all about, yeah, and it's different yeah. from a talk or watching a film. So how how do yeah. you get practical when it's a couple? Yeah. Well, imagine if a couple comes uh, to learn a massage, but obviously they're going to practice it on each other. 
So it's the workshop is structured like that. So they come uh, for the workshop, and there are, ele- there are elements, there are practices that I explain, and I get them to practice on each other. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't normally um, involve full sex in front of me. That would be awkward, I suppose. <laughs> um, but um, you know, there are there are ways to isolate certain elements, such as you know how they touch each other. Maybe show them some. Um, some ways of you know uh, being in bed together, or the positions, or how they would arrange each other, or how yeah. they would touch the genitals. Uh, so there are some practices that I guide them through um, to approximate as much as I can what they would do in private at home. Uh, the practices are not just about the physical. Um, this is a very important thing about sex that it's not the, the techniques are not just physical. There are a lot of emotional, mental techniques that are just as important. So yeah. the way you focus, the way you connect emotionally through your body to each other mm-hmm. uh, it's probably the major part of sex more than the physical so all these things can be um, um, can be shown in a workshop environment I can guide people through that so it's kind of broken into bits and then they put it all together at home so they don't do the full thing in front of me yeah Catherine? Alexei, I'm noticing a little accent of yours. So it's a great voice, by the way. It's wonderful. That's a sexy voice. Um, I'm wondering how much you notice um, British couples, their problem stems from our culture rather than, you know, anything physically different about us. Well, no, there's physically different about us, you know. Um, there's, uh, I think, I think, um, uh, I think the main problem in Britain, perhaps, that I notice is that people just don't talk about it. I mean, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's not so much that uh, there are more issues or people uh, find themselves in a more difficult place than in other countries necessarily. I don't really believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, there's a big problem with communication. So it's, it's quite typical uh, or, of people to not be able to talk to each other about sex at all uh, or to someone else or find it very difficult to even come talk to me about it. So that, uh, that is definitely part of British culture that, um, that makes things difficult for people in that respect. I've only, I've only recently, uh, uh, Alexei, um, been able to say to people, do you know what, I quite like it when you do that and I quite like it when you do, do that and I don't really like it when you do that. But mm-hmm. I can put up with it if you know. You know I can put up with I, it. I, I That's can, the spirit. I can put up with uh-huh. it if it brings you pleasure doing that. You know that that kind of right. thing. Um, and and I and, and this is in, I'm a man in my forties, and I've only recently discovered this man alive. The the power mm-hmm. I could have had in my late teens and my twenties and my thirties. But um, the thought of talking about sex or or talking to you know you're, you're going inside someone, um, but mm-hmm. yet too embarrassed to say what you like mm-hmm. doing. That's weird, isn't it, man? We're caught up in the performance, aren't we, too too often? Yes, yes. Uh, yes, caught up in the performance. Uh, yeah, everyone treats sex as something they need to do well. They kind of forget that it's just some... It's a nice place where you can be together and it's a place that nourishes you. And um, it's like, you know, it's like going and spending time in nature. There isn't anything you need to, to, to accomplish. You're not there to get a good mark for anything. Mm. Um I think um, it's the, to, to communicate better about it. You just have to see it as um, you know. It's not, it's not really about telling each other what you enjoy, but you're doing something together. So yeah. um, it's, uh, it, it, it it obviously involves uh, some communication about how you're doing it together and just uh, being 
um, uh, being exploratory and feeling that you are on the same side. You're both discovering this thing and you're both exploring it and you're just sharing with each other how it feels. And when you when you do this, that's how we feel. And when we do that, that's how we feel. You know, it's. Uh, I think it needs to be more neutral rather than um, feeling it. People often feel that any kind of comment is something you're saying about the other person while in fact you're just observing mm-hmm. how different things feel and cause and effect really. Um, when you're talking about explore, you know, it's exploratory, I think a lot of yeah. people assume that you know, in the early part of the relationship, you do all that stuff and yeah. then you mm-hmm. know exactly what's going on and that's how people end up stuck in ruts sexually, Fun isn't fun. it? <laughs> what? That's your right, stuck in ruts. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? They go, right, we've done all that, all that nonsense. I know uh, I know her now. But people change, uh-huh. don't they? And their needs must change throughout their lives. Yes. Uh, I think I think what happens in our culture is that we, we kind of have a, a technique for sex just for the first part of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the first kind of passionate uh, sex with a hot stranger, uh, all, the, kind of all the exciting stuff. Um, and then people are told that they're supposed to perpetuate this um, for the rest of their relationship. Uh, but if it, uh, this is this is just the initial party, so to speak. Um, and as the relationship grows and evolves, then yes, the needs uh, of the relationship change. So very important things change. For example, uh, it, it does become less about just uh, doing something exciting and exploratory with something something new, and it becomes more about this uh, feeling of um, uh, love and nurturing each other and being there for each other and you're you're deepening uh, into more interesting, more delicate experiences together, potentially. Um, It also becomes more about well-being, feeling that uh, sex is uh, a part of your relationship that can uh, nourish you with positive energies, with love, again, for your daily life together. Um, So... That all requires a different approach, a different technique, because in the reality of life, you're not going to be jumping around uh, like rabbits like you did in the beginning of the relationship. You know, you're going to be coming home from work and there's going to be kids and whatever. So um, the reality is different of how much energy, how much time you can spend on this. Uh, And what we, we just don't have in our culture is just any technique, any approach to that part of the relationship that comes after the honeymoon period, um, which is actually what you know, things like a tantric approach provide. Uh, it's, a, it's just a much more sustainable way of having sex. And I think when we're talking about exploration, there's a very narrow uh, perspective of what exploration means. Normally, it's um, uh, trying something new, some kind of new hot game, something more, some, some kind of new location, some new excitement. But that is all uh, variations in it's, it's kind of variations in the same part of the range, it's yeah. not really the full range. Um, I think when we talk about um, sex becoming more interesting and better as the relationship goes on, we are not talking about it becoming more intense and more exciting. Uh, we are talking about it spreading more laterally in the way that you are. Um, you, because you've been together for some time, you can go deeper into experiences that may not necessarily be excitement or intensity, but they will be really beautiful and nourishing and yeah. enriching and feel more soulful in different ways. Some of them may be quite, uh, quite relaxing, but beautiful, you know? So that's the side that's not really explored in sex most of the time. Alexei, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure having 
not that kind of pleasure, but pleasure having a grown-up <laughs> conversation about sex, which is unusual. <laughs> Catherine, where, where, what's Alexei's website? And where's, we'll, we'll tweet all this as well, don't this worry. This is where I found yeah, you, Alexei. It was um, www.tantrictherapy.co.uk. Should have been. Oh, surely, surely should have been tantrictherapy.com. But it's <laughs> dot, cheap joke at the end of what has been a sensible chat. We'll, we'll tweet that out, Alexei. Yeah. Um, you, listen, man, you are now a, a, a friend of the show. Anytime you want to come on, you'd be very, very welcome. Uh, and, um, you know, Thank thanks you. a lot. I really appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you. What a nice guy. I knew he was going to be great. What a nice guy. I like that. We'll tweet that link out. So if you want to... Um, um, you know, if you're a lady and you want to get your yoni massaged. Or if you're a couple who wants to, um, you know, reconnect. i tell you what, i tell you what, actually. Um, we'll give away a free yoni massage um, to any of our female listeners. I will do it. and and we'll go, But no, no, no. We're going to give away a free lungi. What's it? A free lung cheryl lungi. Lingam. A no. free lingam massage from, from Catherine. No, I got oh. struck off. I can't do that anymore. Well, because you struck them off. I'm <laughs> so childish. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Well, it just goes to show if you um, if you study hard, work hard, and other hard things, then you can you can be you raise your eyes there. I'm I'm, I'm working the I best. I see what you're doing. I'm saying hard a lot. Uh, he's a lucky guy, and he was a nice guy. I liked Alexei a lot. Very charming. I might go and have a session with him. I've got his phone number. Okay, fine. I'll pass it to you. Um, someone who doesn't need a session with him, of course, is Bill. Good evening, Bill. Hello, Ian. Hello, hello, Bill. I am. Um, I'm losing my voice, but it's only when I come in this studio, which me- makes me think the aircon is is um, up the swanny. They put grit well, in you it. should be coming in the studio then, should you? Sorry? You should uh, be coming in the studio. I have to come in the studio. Is it the only place you can? Well, it's, uh, if I don't come in the studio, I don't get paid. Well, fair enough, fair enough. I've, I have to, every night, I'm, I, my contract says every night I have to come in the studio. Whereas I can choose whether I come in the studio or not. Yeah, I want Catherine to come in the studio. It's my, uh, my request, she comes in the studio. But she is well within her rights to say, no, Ian, I don't want to come in the studio. Not coming in. No. But, but whereas you, you have to every single night, five nights a week. Five nights a week. Come I, in the studio. Yep, you will find me. I will come in the studio. But if he doesn't come in the studio, I have to come in the studio on my own. Well, sometimes you come with uh, Katie Puckrick. Yeah, I don't do. you? Do you ever come in the studio at the same time? As Katie Puckrick? Yeah, I love it. Oh, nice. I have only come in the studio once with Katie Puckrick. Uh-huh. I'm always doing it. I, and to be honest, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It just didn't feel right. I, I, I don't really know Katie as well as you know her. So me coming in, me coming, I can't do it anymore. Right. What do I do? <laughs> it comes and goes. It, thank you very much. What do you want, you naughty boy? Oh, just stub me toe. Um, <laughs> I've done well not to swear. Um, yeah, no, I just phoned up. I want to challenge you. Oh, yeah, go on. Sure, fine. No problem. Go on. We're going to wrestle. Oh, no, not you. No. Is he, Why? Are you, are you, do you work out? Um, yeah. That's why yeah, he works wanna... out how to... How, when was the last time you had a smoke? Uh, it was ten weeks ago. Hey, well done, brother. Get well in. done. That's great work. Um, describe yourself, please, Billiam. Well, physically... Yes. yes. Um, Bill, uh, but wait, uh, what are you wearing? No, not like I'm that. Actually, oh. I'm, actually, I'm actually in a T-shirt, boxer shorts and socks. OK. Oh. How tall are you? Oh. I'm six foot two. OK, all right. So you've got the height advantage. You've okay. probably got the weight advantage as well. Shut your face. How old are you, boy? I'm 31. Hang on, it means you were phoning me when you were, like, 20, originally. Like, 18. 
Yeah, yeah, around two... I think when you first covered... Um, the first time you ever covered, I, I, that's when I started calling you. That was 14 years ago, and I can't do the maths. You were 17. Yeah, 2000. He was just 17. Yeah, yeah. We and get, then, yeah, OK. I'm glad that you come... Uh, sorry, not that again. I'm glad that you <laughs> arrived at... Um, arrived. Talk radio because you went missing. Because I never, I never really knew that you was on the um, the other one. No one used in the mornings and that, and I work and that, so I couldn't no, really. No one did. It was kind of my little re, re uh, regrouping, hiding and regrouping. Oh, there's some good shows there. It was your serious stage. Well, it wasn't, well, it wasn't really. No. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was kind of this. It started off serious at three o'clock in the morning. It started off serious, but by the end, it was just dicking around. And and, and but anyway, so you're 31. You are six foot two. What weight are you, have you got on you? The minute I'm, I'm about thirteen and a half, but I like to be thirteen. Okay. And what what physical exercise do you do? I just go to the gym. I like to run. Yeah. Um, I used to yeah. kickbox, but I don't do that because of my foot. Okay, that's interesting. Now we're looking just for those who don't know. Are we looking for someone for me to fight wrestling? Yeah. It's not. I was thinking of doing MMA. <laughs> um, have you done that before? Well, it just means you can do anything you want. It's like uh, um, all mix. It means mix. Martial, martial arts. arts. I don't know who Mick is, yeah. but it's his martial arts. You're allowed to jump off stuff, aren't you? No, no, no. You're thinking of WWE. Can we do that instead? I'm a fan of that. No. No, no. We're not bringing, like, stepladders into this. No, 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 no. We, we, we'll have it like normal rules. Um, no, it's wrestling. It's a wrestler. So you've got to pin someone down for three seconds. Yeah, that's WWE. But is it the sort of wrestling where I can come up, sneak up behind with a guitar? You used to watch it, did you, Kathy? I loved it. You're thinking about Jeff Jarrett there, isn't you? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Jarrett. And then you have to My wander favorites. away, like, shaking head, like, oh, who am I, where yeah. am I? No. Meanwhile, uh, Ian's, like, on the ropes. No, you're not. We can double-team him. It's, this is, no, no, no one's double-teaming me. This is a proper, this is more of a British wrestling match. Oh, right. Yes, we'll have theatrics at the start, but it will, um, you, it's, you, it's grapples, it's holds. Yeah, it's... That, that's what I mean. We can do that. I can take you down. Right, Okay. So let's just go through the stats again. So, uh, by the way, 0344 499 You're bigger than me, though. So Bill, who is 31, so he's 14 years my junior, 6 foot 2, he's 2 inches shorter than me, probably not just in height, 13 and a half, so he's a couple of stone lighter than me at least, 2 and a half stone lighter than me, and he goes to the gym regularly. And what martial art did you say you did? I used to do Muay Thai and uh, regular kickboxing. Well, it turns turns out you don't know what you're talking about, because Muay Thai is a cocktail. Yeah, I was going to say, what's that? It's my accent. No, Mai Tai is a cocktail. No, it's not. Yes, it is, it is. mate. I don't drink cocktails. Well, you, you, it turns out you did. Cocktails. I can't... Co- I've cocktails. Got, I've got a speech impediment. Don't make fun of me. Right, OK. Um, Bill, I'm going to put you on the list of... Uh, probably not. Hang on a minute. You mentioned an injury. Just how injured are you? Because it really does come down to that. My toe is... I've got arthritis in it because um, I broke it and you can't really... Unless you're Wayne Rooney or David Beckham, they don't really do nothing about it. Arthritis toe. Which toe is it? Little toe? Or no, the big toe. Important big toe. toe, right, OK. It's now because it's good, cold. Good, good. I'm glad it's hurting because you're a scumbag. <gasps> I'm not a scumbag. You're a sc- I'm not Alan Caddick. Shut up, man. You're, a, you're an absolute scumbag. You're one of the lowest of the low. I'm going to take you down to Chinatown. I'm going to take you downtown Charlie Brown roundabout. Okay, see, we're just doing a little bit of trash talking there, guys. And scene, um, that was lousy. Take me to the Charlie Brown roundabout. That was yeah, lousy. I'm take you to the Charlie Brown roundabout, and I'm going to watch you dog. Oh my god. Okay, well, <laughs> you're, 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 I'm not fighting you because you'd be too easy. That's that, the only reason. That sounded sexy. That didn't sound threatening. <laughs> I want to take you to the Charlie Brown roundabout and watch you dog. Weirdo. 
No, I'm sorry, Bill. And it's not because I'm scared. It's because I think that fight would be too easy. I want more of a challenge. So if you, dear listener, want to fight me, simply listen to my show weeknights from 10 o'clock till 1. Call in if you think you're tough enough. And maybe, just maybe, we'll end up wrestling each other and I will destroy you. Can you? Ha- what are you laughing for? <laughs> I'm doing a trash talk video. Oh, sorry, carry on. Doing a trash talk video for the for the, the idiot that I'm going to beat up. Go again. If you no, you're just what? not taking this seriously. I'm going to beat up a, a listener. It could be you. Give me a call one week night between ten and one, and I'll work out if we're evenly matched. We just have Bill, who's thirty-one, six foot two, thirteen and a half stone, goes to the gym and does martial arts. That would be too easy for me, so I will not be fighting him. But I could be fighting you. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. <clears throat> Good evening, dear listener. The Late Night Alternative. And it's been very alternative this evening. We've talked about fanny massaging mm-hmm. and willy massaging, but not quite as much. The F1 over the W. I'm Ian Lee. You are... Catherine Boyle. Welcome. And Sam is through there. You, If you phone up... You'll speak to Sam. Um, It's been an odd show tonight, but that's kind of the way it goes sometimes. We sort of freestyle. And, um, oh, I told you I was going to tell you the guest we had um, coming in uh, on the phone on... um, um, Ah, this is it. Uh, It's a great book. Uh, I got sent it today and it looks brilliant. Mark Blake is coming in, who's written a book, Bring It On Home, Peter Grant, Led Zeppelin and Beyond, The Story of Rock's Greatest Manager. Uh, and this guy is supposed to be an incredible, dirty a-hole. Yeah. Um, a tough guy. So um, Mark Blake, who wrote the book, is going to come on the show on Thursday, I think. Thursday, 11 o'clock, I think. And on Monday, we got the director of the uh, the brilliant film. Three Identical Strangers. Three Identical Strangers. What a movie. That film starts out one thing and ends up quite different. Some, some film, man. Uh, in the meantime... You are welcome to give us a call about absolutely anything you like. And it really is anything goes. Um, You can talk about what we've talked about. Tantric, sex, yoni massaging, going to a sex... Sex therapist? Yeah. Is that that really... People must go. I've never spoken to anyone who's been, but... Sex therapist used to be Dr. Ruth. Oh, yeah. So what is it you like about his penis? Is it the big penis? That was her, wasn't it? Yeah. What is it? She was high pitched because she was tiny. So what is it you like about this penis? Has it got a big penis? Well, tell him he's got a big penis. Say I like your penis. Hey, if it's a small penis, well, work twice as hard with it. She was that was like her, wasn't it? What was her name? Westheimer, Doctor Ruth Westheimer. Doctor Ruth Westheimer. She was great. Um, dead now. She was like a. She's sort supposed of, to show sex is bad for you. She was like sort of a sexy Judge Judy, wasn't she? She wasn't sexy. <laughs> no, but I mean in in the sex. Oh, world. in the sex world. Yeah, yeah but she was a, she was like four foot seven. Tiny. So if you lack a vagina, tell her you lack a vagina. Get in there, close, go have a look at it, kiss it. Kiss it better, lick it. Tell you I like your vagina. That's what you should be doing. And who do we have, Claire Rayner? <laughs> okay, love it. If you like a vagina, love it, then just get in nice and close and say to, say to the vagina, love it, I love your vagina. That was one of the best rejections I ever had was from, uh, from Claire Did Rayner. Did she not like your vagina? No, it wasn't about my vagina on that, in, uh, that instance. I rang her up to ask her about, uh, I can't remember what it was. It was about a programme, probably sex-based programme. She went, darling, I make it a, uh, I, I make a, a mission of mine never to comment on something I haven't seen. Forgive, darling, forgive. And I'll never forget the, forgive, darling, yep. forgive. She was great. She was great, Claire. I'd like to, I'd like to chat to Claire Rayner. I like Claire Rayner. 
Um, Tell you who was, who was surprisingly rude. Thora Heard. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Who's... You um, rang, rang her up once, said, I don't do anything for nothing. Who is <laughs> she the mother-in-law of? Who? Thora Heard. Mm, don't Google it. Someone... It's, I'm trying to think. It's... The, um, isn't she the mother-in-law? Mm-hmm. Oh, didn't her daughter marry... Uh, like a Belafonte or a Torme. Didn't her daughter-in-law marry Mel Torme's... No, it's someone more famous than Mel Torme. I'm sure it's Thora Heard. It was uh, Scary Spice with Belafonte's boy, isn't it? She didn't work out very well. Could be... Did her daughter... Did, did Thora Heard's daughter marry the son of Sidney Poitier? Really? So, it, it's something... You've got to let me Google it now. Come on. Google it. Go on. It's something like that. I'm sure it's Thora Heard. Thora. Thora. Oh, by the way, what I'm saying is you can call her about anything. This is where I know I'm We're talking a, about Thora Heard. Thora Heard and Sidney Poitier. It's <laughs> something for the kids. Oh, three. Sam's going, who are these two people they're talking about? She, yeah, Jeanette Scott is Thora Heard's daughter. Yeah, oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Which actually her name is Thora Jeanette Scott. Yeah. Spouses, Mel Torme. Oh, so she, her daughter married Mel Torme? She did, yeah. She did. Her daughter married Mel Torme. Thora no. Jeanette Scott was born in 1938. That can't be right. That's Thora... No. Is Mel Torme's son called Mel Torme Jr.? No, Mel Torme. Actual Mel Torme. So Thora Heard was Mel Torme's mother-in-law? No. Yeah. That doesn't make... That's not the story I heard. I thought it was Sidney Poitier's son. Hang on. So I'm looking... Now I'm looking on Mel Torme, Right. Melton May, the singer, American singer. Okay, so yes. Oh, it's not got it's not got his spouses on here. What? Personal. Married four times. First three marriages, marriages ended in divorce. He was survived by his wife Ali. Right, doesn't mention his other wives, but it mentioned it on hers. So Thora Heard, Jeanette Scott. Yeah, so Thora Heard is her mother. Jeanette <laughs> Thora. <laughs> Thora Heard yeah. was born in nineteen eleven. Yeah, that makes sense. She was she was always old. She was. Hello, I'm Thora Heard. It's Ragdoliana. She reminded me of my gran. Oh. How she used to talk. Yeah. Hello, uh, lovey. Hello, lovey. I'm Thora Heard. Don't do an out for for now. Don't do out for now. Right. So then we've got Jeanette Scott. Hang on. I'm sure it's yeah. It's right. It's what Fine. it says. All right. Well then. So Thora Heard was Mel Torme's mother-in-law. Satisfied. Loads of people. I'm going. Who's Mel Torme? Who's Thora Heard? Mother, who breastfed her daughter until she was nine... It was not Thora Heard. ...says their bond is closer than that she shares with a- any of her other three children. Ooh. Oh, no, come on. If they can ask for it, they're too old. A mother of four. I mean, my eldest would still be supping away. He's eight, not nine until January. He can go and make... He knows how to make himself a cup of tea. Yeah. So... He's not, not supping on that. Oh, no. If they can make themselves a butty, they're too old for Bitty. A m- Bitty. A mother of four. <laughs> no, I'll give you that. That's it. I came out of nowhere, That's that. It, That's it. A mother of four has defended her decision to breastfeed her youngest daughter until she was nine. Oh, no. And said that other also, mothers she right, knows are fine with it. Sorry to interrupt, but mm. at the age of nine, that's when their teeth are the most snaggly. Yeah. Because you've got bits falling out. Big ones growing in. No. Now, now, this woman's name and the place she comes from sound made up. Sharon Spink from Sherburn, Sherburn in Elmet, North Yorkshire, 
said the extended nursing has created a really close bond between her and daughter Charlotte. Yeah, which will, in about 20 years' time, Charlotte will then develop a really close bond with the therapist as she tries to work out why she's so screwed up. Who says she has enjoyed good health because of the milk's nutrients. You could always pump if you really want them to drink your milk. You could pump. Dinners. Give them nutritious dinners. She appeared on ITVs this morning alongside journalist and mother of three, Rachel Halliwell, who argued that Sharon... (laughs) who argued that Sharon could have fostered the same bond by cuddling or reading stories to her child. Yes. But Sharon, 50. And here's the thing. This is where you're wrong. This is where, this is where you're wrong, Sharon. Sharon, 50, said she never f- forced nursing on her daughter and that Charlotte always made the decision herself. Right. OK. Kids, right, are dumb. And kids make really dumb decisions I mean, the, the worst stupid crazy decisions because they're kids so sometimes my kids make decisions like um what do you want to do today can we go to france i mean, so stupid because you can't go to france um what, what, what do you want to do today i just want to um run i want to run up and down the street naked and eating haribo okay well that we can do but saying it, she never forced it and, and charlotte made the decision well that's, that's bad parenting Parents have to make decisions. Also, feeding is a routine that you get into when you are a baby. And and it's a habit you get into when you are a baby. Like sucking a dummy. I think they're a bit bigger than a dummy, I can well, see. Well, they will be now, flipping out. We took him the into a The schoolgirl chose to stop taking her milk eight weeks ago, weaning herself from Sharon's breast. Oh. Actor Sharon, a trained breastfeeding counsellor. Oh, there we go. Has faced criticism. Yeah, because I say it because she's nuts. I think that's abuse. That's abuse. That's abuse. Because at the age of nine as well, kids are aware of sexual things. And breasts, I know breasts obviously, you know, they feed us. But breasts are sexual as well. And it's it's a fine, am I reading too much? It's a fine line. She oh. still sees it as food, but but breasts are sexual. Yeah, and I try to with my girls. I try to sort of balance it out and say, look, that you know, they'll see someone breastfeeding and there'll be a little bit of chuckling because boobs. Um, but I will say, you know, that's what boobs are for. And I'm, you know, I try to be as cool as I can about it, and to try and make sure that it's balanced. But they're aware that they're aware that boobs aren't just for feeding babies. Is mummy? Mummy took a selfie when Charlotte was um, was feeding. There's a selfie. Oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. Sharon said that even when her daughter began growing teeth, she would just ask her to readjust. The mother of four was determined to breastfeed Charlotte after struggling to do it with her three other children. Right, Kim, that's what it's Kim, about. 30, Sarah 28 and Isabel 12. Well, start, why don't you start with Kim again? Kim might be up for it now at 30. I don't refuse, but I don't offer. She will just come up to me. She will have a cuddle on my knee and have a feed. Charlotte has since weaned herself from her breast. It's fine. It was her choice. It was just a gradual process. But journalist Rachel Halliwell, who who also breastfed her three children, didn't agree with the extended nursing. I breastfed all of my daughters until they were one. A young, my youngest, when she was at her second birthday, I had to stop and think, why am I still feeding her? <coughs> because she can eat with a knife and fork. She can drink with a cup. So I had to think, she's my youngest. Maybe I'm trying to keep her a baby. Um, Sharon claimed it was all Charlotte's choice I don't refuse but I don't offer it's all her choice adding if she comes and asks me tomorrow then that's fine but nature tends to take over once they get their full set of adult teeth adult teeth? no when they get teeth look at this 
flipping it. I mean, she's a beautiful young girl, but look at the size of her. She's taller than mum. She's That's, taller than mum. Right, so what I'm hearing there is... She's taller she, than mum. She couldn't do it with her older daughters, so she was determined that to do it with girl. her youngest baby. And, and listen, that, ki- that kid is still a baby compared to the older daughters. I'm sure she, and I'm sure she's a great mum, right? I'm sure she loves her kids and all of that, but that poor, that poor girl. And also kind of... All right, put pictures of the mum up on telly and all that. That's, if you want to do that, that's fine. Don't put pictures of her up. No. Because now she's going to be... And she's saying all oh, the other parents are cool and no one teases her at school. All right, maybe they don't tease her now. I'm not convinced. You wait till she's 12, 13, 14. That's on Google forever. Hey, I've just found this... I've just found this picture of this girl who was... Bre- it's an awful... Isn't that your mum? Is that you? Yeah. Um, Sharon also said... She believed that mothers were stopping listening to their natural instincts when it came to things like breastfeeding and potty training. Choose to follow guidelines instead. Um, um, the actor said she believes breastfeeding Charlotte for such a long time hasn't impacted the way she's seen by her peers. I'm not sure. It's not the sort of thing that children talk about. Adding of the other school mothers, they're fine with it. I've yeah. not had any comments in real life. The comments have all been on social media. Exactly. What are they going to say to you? Nah, that's messed up. You messed up there. That is a messed up, mixed up, muddled up world. That's My weird. judgment on that, and I don't like judging other people, Judge but I have to. Condemn. She's put she's put herself up for it. That's mm. all about her and nothing to do with the kid. Mm, mm, mm. This is the only one I'm thinking, guys. Uh, we got another hour of this nonsense. It's a nice kind of relaxed Tuesday vibe, but maybe we can up the pa- can we up the pace a little bit for the next hour? Why not? Let's up the pace. Let's see what we'll do. We're having a pee break during the news. We're going to get some chocolate. We get a little bit of sugar inside ourselves, and for the last hour, we're gonna we're gonna kick some a, we're gonna case some a. I'm gonna say kick because it could be kiss some ass. I ain't kissing no one's ass apart from uh, Mr. Ross when he comes in. Yeah. I will I will k his a. I'll kiss his ass um, because I'm terrified of the man. But <clears throat> what's going on with this aircon? My voice is going it's very gritty. And then ten minutes, ten minutes afterwards, it's fine again, and I've not got a cold or anything. So I'm gonna sue. Talk radio. Don't play with the microphone, please. You can hear it. You can hear it. I know, I heard it. Well, why were you doing it? You're supposed to be a professional and... Uh... I was just seeing if I could hear it. <laughs> I can't hear it like when I do that. I don't want to do that. Okay, I well, don't do that. So, the, the, right, the next day of the show. Come on, guys. And I'll tell you who's been letting us down. You, the listener. Because we haven't had many phone calls. And the calls we've had, I'm going to be honest, have all been rubbish. Every single one of them. So, for the next hour of the show, I want your calls, dear listener, and I want good ones. I want bloody good ones. I think they're scared because you want to fight them. Well, I won't fight everyone. I'll only fight um, someone that I choose, and it will be, you know, if you want to come on an audition for the fight, you're very welcome to. Of course you are. But if you don't fancy the fight, I'm a man of peace. I'm like um, David Carradine in Kung Fu. I'm a man of peace, unless I see... Um, some Chinese people working on a, a, a railroad uh, being bullied by some cowboys. In which case, I will I will kick the I will, I will k their a's. But I will I will kick their asses. That's what I'm trying to say there. So last hour of the show, let's up the pace a little bit. Let's get a little bit more energy. Let's let's go and suckle on mummy's booby, even though we're, we're in our forties. Let's just get it going a little bit. All right. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Oh three four 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 nine nine 1,000 is the telephone number. This is The Late Night Alternative, weeknights from 10 on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
up the tempo. 0344 499 1000. First caller in the last hour of Tuesday's show is Jonathan. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening. Let's up that tempo, John boy. How's it going, Ian? It's all right. It's going very well, Jonathan. How's it going with you? Nah, not too bad, man. Come on, you got to remember me. You made a YouTube video. Oh, you, you're man. the uh, you're yeah. the arsehole. No, not tonight, mate. Oh, Thanks sorry. very much for calling. Bye bye. Yeah, <laughs> he's the guy that comes on and says that he made my career. Remember, he's a dick. I don't remember. I don't remember Jonathan making your career. But no, but that's what I, I remember that. Well, not tonight, Jonathan, mate. We're doing a good show, free from a holes. I'm not with the chocolate. I really must try that bite. Oh, you must remember me, man. Well, well, thank you, buddy. Uh, <clears throat> what you got? Oh, so many things. So many things. <laughs> a cornucopia of delights. By the way, I put some topics out on Twitter that I literally just made up. Oh, yeah. The topics are, who wants to fight me? Me. No. You were too scared. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Have you ever seen a sex therapist? The best thing that happened to you today... What's the best thing that happened to you today? The best thing that happened to me today? Oh, I made a vegetarian casserole and it, was it wasn't nice. horrible. No, because it's... um. So you're doing this meat-free thing. Might as well, eh? So we tend to the, share dinners, don't we? Dinner duties. We're doing the meat-free um, thing. So we're doing it a couple of days a week. So I'm going to do it today and tomorrow. But then part of me is thinking, I'll maybe do it four days a week. I don't know if it will actually have... Does it, is there any evidence that it will have any positive impact on my life, my health... Here's what I think. No. Don't jiggle your boobs at me. Do I eat all that chocolate? I I you, ate, you ate one there, and then there's a finger there you can have. <laughs> Why, is Alexei back on? Oh, 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 oh. oh. Look magic, at you. Magic fingers. Look at you thinking, oh, I'm, I'm the one taking the sex stuff seriously, and Ian's just making vulgar jokes about it. It's really is beneath him. It's been, I'll be beneath, beneath you me. in a minute. Um, what? That, that's horrible. I hate that back. That, no. right, in my head, that sounded clever. How dare clever. you? It's not horrible. No. Oh, right. In my head, that sounded clever. Just in the it. atmosphere, it sounded really horrible yeah. and unpleasant. I'm really sorry for that. You're That's a good right. friend. I'm just going to add it to the file. No, don't add that one, because that one actually is a sackable offence. I, re- I, I take that back immediately. That was that was the unpleasant thing of me to say. Sorry. It's there now. It's not there now. It's a lie. She's lying. Look. Nothing now. So. <laughs> yes, ma'am. What I'm thinking is, you know, we ate loads of good veg. There was nothing but goodness in that thing we ate tonight, and it wasn't horrible. That's going to be good for us. So we're doing it. We're going to do it a couple of days a week, maybe three or four days a week. The other thing is, when I cleaned out the pan afterwards, just yeah. I had to rinse it. Yeah. There's nothing stuck to the sides. Yeah. Now, if that is replicated in our guts, we're going to have happy colons. I'd love, if someone does it... <laughs> you sucking on that Twix. If um, if someone listening does it, well, they have it like two or three or four days a week. I'm thinking maybe doing four days a week. I'm, and I'm thinking this could be a precursor to me going back to being a vegetarian. Right, yeah. This is what I'm thinking. I, I, I can't do vegan, not yet. And I don't think ever. But I did do vegetarian for 26 years, and I'm thinking, well, maybe... Because the thing I can't get my head around is putting a bolt through an animal's head. But I love lamb. It's that um, cognitive dissonance. But also, my putting on a lot of weight did coincide with me starting to eat meat again. And changing your meds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but... Uh, yeah. But I'm getting rid of... The meds have almost gone. And I've still got the weight. So maybe it will. Anyway, so we're doing that. Other topics... Um, did you go to school with someone famous? These are just like bog standard stuff that I just came up with. Um, oh, well, the best thing I did today was play um, Jackbox TV online. About sixty people, and uh, we played some played some games. But filthy rapping game. 
where you write these raps and these robots rap for you filthy we're going to do another one maybe tomorrow at one o'clock is it just the more advanced version of go to ten repeat Ian is a div yeah mate it's a little bit more advanced than that a little bit more advanced thank you everyone who played that um have oh seeing teachers outside of school that was always weird you'd be in like Marks and Spencers and you'd go oh it's Mr Wigginton that was was a weird when you're still a kid yeah sure and who does your partner look like Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Those are actual, genuine, genuine phoning topics that it would take a whole team of people on other shows to come up with hours, hours to come up with. I did it in two minutes. When my eldest daughter was about eight, no. she uh, came over to me with a look in her eye that looked like victory. Right? Yeah, yeah. We were just about to go into the playground. I know what Mrs. Barber's name is. Oh. It's like wow. What what do you think her name is then? Yvonne. Is it? And so we went into the playground and I went, Hi, Yvonne. Shh, 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 shh. The look on her face was like, No, no, the incantation must remain quiet and private. She was terrified. Like, it was like the the most secret magic word ever was Yvonne. I've got an incantation in a minute. Let's go to Lyndon first. Good evening, Lyndon. Hi, Ian. Hello, Lyndon. Hiya. Um, I just wanted to tell you, I um, I was in work today and uh, somebody gave me a huge bag of CDs. And, uh, and a chicken. Fa- did a fanfare play then? I first of all, I thought you were going to say a huge bag of weed. I thought, wow, this is a story. Okay, huge bag of CDs. You say why? Yeah, uh, he he uploaded all his music onto a uh, whatever they do on the computer, and he's given me all his CDs. Beautiful. Uh, well, I, 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 are they any good? Uh, uh, well, there you go. You see, if you've been palmed off with rubber. Pick pick three at random and tell us what they are. Okay, into the into the bag. Into the bag. Don't look. Just pick them at random. There's number one. What is it? Uh, five guys named Mo, featuring Louis Jordan's greatest hits. That's not bad. That's that's a soundtrack. That's okay. That's that's a that's a medium. Okay, oh, okay. that's a medium. Okay, okay. but um, put, put your hand in. Pick another one out. Great. I had a little remedy earlier. Yeah. So let's have a look at the second one. Here we go. Number two. No, that's rubbish. Well, what was it? Hang on, what was it? It was Queen's Greatest Hits. Come on. Queen's Greatest... I mean, if I'm going to stomach Queen, it's going to be a Greatest Hits album. Go on, number three, then. Oh, uh, we've got this one here now. Destiny's Child. Hey, I'll have that. Shelter. I'll have that. You want that, do you? I love a bit of Destiny's Child, yeah. Okay. What is it? Um, can't pay my telephone bills. Can't, can't pay, pay my, my automobiles. automobiles. If you did, then maybe we could chill. I don't get the automobiles thing because it's automobiles, is cars. Automobile not... bill. But but she says it doesn't say automobile bill. She says automobile. So they say, excuse me, um, and that doesn't make sense. That to me just I, it leaves me scratching my head. No, I bet Michelle made that up. Mm. Okay, go on. Last one. Pick one more. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Lyndon. By the way, do people used to call you Barry at school? Barry Lyndon? Yeah. Yeah, good film, that was. Yeah. Brilliant I'm, film. I've not seen it. I'd like to see it. <gasps> it's one of my favourites. Le- uh, Leslie Anderson, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You say uh, that, you don't know. Ryan O'Neill. No, Leslie Anderson. Go on. Stevie Wonder. Which one? Uh, song... <gasps> Songs in the Key of Life! Treasure. Mate, that is one of the greatest albums of all time. Switch it. Here are your instructions. Do you, I don't know, do you, do you smoke weed? Uh, 
I used to. Have you got Have you got any? Maybe a little dry, little baggy yeah, we somewhere. We advocate this. No, we can't. Because I'm not saying if you have, then I'm saying get Throw rid of it. Throw it away is what I was going to say. Because you need to be in a clean house. Turn off this rubbish radio show, Lyndon. Okay. Go, yeah. and, li- go and light a candle. Turn the lights off. Put on Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life. And enjoy, buddy. Enjoy. Oh, I'm loving that. It's a I'll great record. I'll tell you what, I will savour that. I will wait until I can get some weed then. No, don't. Lyndon, don't, don't smoke drugs, guys. Don't smoke drugs. What's on Songs in the Key of Life? That's a great album. Oh. That is, um... Right, let's have a little look at the... Uh, um... Sir Duke's on there. That's a great song. Isn't she lovely? I don't like that song. No. That's been overplayed. Exactly. So you've got to listen to it with new ears, because it's actually it's stunning. That's a great song. And there's a song on there called Black Man. Oh, I don't know if that's politically correct. Aren't um, Knocks Me Off My Feet is one of my favourites. Yeah. Um, one of my favourites. My God, that's so lovely. I'll tell you the best Stevie Wonder song. Over- as, as well. As is on there. I'll tell you the best Stevie Wonder song. Overlooked in his canon. Right. It's a great song. Let me let me find it and play it to you. This is the great. By the way, well is done, it, guys. Is it part time lover? No, 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 no. That's that's terrible compared to this. This is um. This is great. This is a great song. Right. By the way, thank you to everybody who's, who's we've upped the tempo, no end. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh no, no, no. God, and all of a sudden I'm seven again. Yes, Stevie! Stevie! Happy birthday, Stevie! For one birthday! Yeah! Here we go. It's a great song, man. The best one. The best Stevie Wonder song of all times. 0344 499 1000. We are up in the tempo for this last hour of the show, and boy, oh boy, it feels good. The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative. Hello, hello. With Ian Lee. Is there anybody out there? On Talk Radio. Hello. So, my um, youngest is six, and we seven in January. That's the way it goes. Just the way it goes. And um, he wrote a poem. Well, it was a poem, and now it's a spell to summon the dead. He, he recorded a performance of it. Oh. So, all I'll say is. If you have any dead bodies near you, just be careful because this spell to summon the dead, written by a six-year-old, we have not fully tested it yet. We don't quite know. We don't quite know how powerful this juju is. Here we go. Hello, Daddy. This is a spell to rise from the dead. Rise from the dead. Come back alive. We want to see you straight in the eyes, face to face with each other. Together we will finally meet each other. Let me see you together and forever. Now, now, right now. If anything, if anything spooky happened in your local cemetery, uh, maybe you've got a dead pet that you're storing, uh, as we do, we store dead pets. Until we know what to do, until we're over the emotional um, uh, uh, impact of losing them. Maybe there's a stirring, maybe something, maybe granddad. Um, it, 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 possible they've got dead relatives in the house, is what I'm trying to say, in a roundabout kind of way. Because people do. Just go and check on them. See what's happening. See if they, and maybe um, it might send some living relatives to, d- to death. I don't know. 
Sounds like powerful juju. I've mentioned this before. Right? Why don't if, if people are dying all the time, why don't you just see people falling over dead in Waitrose, and and in Tesco's, and in I was going to say blockbusters then, but the, 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 we we'll have to go back in time for that. Why don't you just see? Why don't people like? Why aren't people like? Why aren't there loads of car crashes from people just dying at the wheel? Now I know that it happens sometimes. And Mike, great Mike Dickin, of course, unfortunately died at his wheel. I think he had a heart attack when he was driving home, which is terribly, terribly sad. But if so many people are dying all the time, right, why don't we see it happening? Why don't we see it happening? And you have no answer for that. I was just thinking, someone died in my pub once. Not my pub that I owned, but a pub I used to go to. He fell off a stool and dead. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Um, well, I didn't realise he was dead. I saw him being carried out. Well, well, hang on. Tell me more about Tell me more. I was just, there was a kerfuffle. Right, and he died. And some bloke got taken out, and it turned out he died. So they carried dead me- a dead man out of the pub as a sign of respect, or so people could keep on boozing? What was that about? <laughs> Did they think he was... He it was, was a drunk? hazy memory. It was quite late. Were you about... Were you, uh, were you age? Sheets. Were you of age? Yes, I was at first. Um, OK, well, all right. People that we know that have dropped dead in front of people. So the guy in the pub. Yeah. Tommy Cooper. Mm-hmm. That happened. Didn't... Uh... Didn't he do it as well? Uh, Lord Charles? No. Barbara Windsor's mate. Rod Hull, he fell off a no. roof. No. Who? Uh, what's his name? You're doing, you're doing a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mike Reed? No, not Mike I thought Reed. I genuinely that was a genuine answer then. <laughs> Mike Reed would be, hello, Pat. Yeah, no, run around. Run around. Run around. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you doing? Um, my oh, Sid James. Sid James. My, <laughs> Sid James. Didn't he yeah. die in front of people? Um, I'd like to die in front of people. Of course, you would show off. Yeah, I you would. Can't do anything quietly. I would. I would like to die in front of people. I'd like to die the next time I'm on Good Morning Britain. That would learn him. That learn him a lesson. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd like Susanna Reid. So, Ian, um, tell us about the Kardashians. Yeah. Well. Uh, 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 oh. <laughs> Oh, Ian's doing, a, Ian's doing a thing. I'm dead, Susanna and Pierce. I'm dead. Beat that. Beat that, Ben Shepherd. When I was really little, I used to think that when you died, you always went into the sign of the cross. So that was my standard dying game. If I was playing, playing a dying dead, game? if I was playing at being dead, I'd go, Ugh! and then lie on the floor and then have my arms Oh, you, but you go in the shape of the yes. cross. I thought you meant you do the cross. No, I go in the shape of a cross. The only dead person I'd ever seen was Jesus on the cross. We, uh, and of course we know he wasn't really dead. <coughs> or real. <laughs> he wasn't. I'm allowed to say that. I'm allowed to say that. Um, he wasn't real. Uh, yes, line one, what do you want? Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I think he might have been dying. That, you should, stop withholding your number. Um, this is great. This is what we want more of. If we'd have had more of this, we'd have had less of Brexit. And we'd have had less of those um, Nazis who named their kids Hitler. And we'd have had um, less of um, all kinds of horrible things that have been going on if we'd had more of this. Yeah. Pupils have blasted a college. Blasted is a good word, actually. For banning loo roll from the toilets. They did what? It sounds outrageous, but then just bear with me. They have to ask for the class toilet roll (gasps) from the teacher carry it to the toilet 
and then return it. The students at Kirkdale Industrial Training Services in Brighouse, West Yorkshire. So those are late teens. That's a college, right? Yeah. Claim it is a breach of human rights. One of the pupils said, (sighs) They have told us the students can't be trusted with a toilet roll because we are flushing them down the toilets to make a mess. I think it's an invasion of privacy. No, you're flushing them down the toilets to make a mess! You can't be trusted with the toilet roll! (sighs) They have told us the students can't can't be trusted with toilet roll because we are flushing them down the toilets to make a mess. I bet they had a special assembly for it as well. <laughs> did you ever have one of those? We did once. We had a special assembly, oh. right, where we all got taken. We were thinking, this is unusual. It's not assembly time. Yeah. We all got marched into the hall. Yes. And there was a teacher at the front with a bin bag. Yeah. And the reason we were brought in was because they had to have a very stern word with us. Uh-oh. Because one of us, yeah. and they believed it was one person, yep. had done something unspeakable in the Someone, and they brought the thing out of the bag, right? Someone is going. had put a hairbrush down the loo. Okay. Which makes me think a kid had dropped a hairbrush and then not retrieved it, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was one person. I, it seems like a crazy thing to do on purpose, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pooed on it. <laughs> and then put paper on top of it. Oh. And they decided that they were going to put it, they were going to put this into the public domain. They pulled the it out. Us, they pulled it out and showed us the hairbrush. Poo you, and it had poo on it. <laughs> Not poo, but it was covered in like old paper and stuff. But what I think now, as an adult, I'm thinking, no, probably what happened was someone dropped their brush down there. The next person who went in didn't know it was notice it down there and just did the business and then panicked and left it. I um, someone did a poo in the urinals once. <laughs> No, oh God, no! Oh no, no, no! That was this. That was that. It was must dis- have been a tall person. No, it, no, it was low urinals. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Not one of those ones raised no, into not, the no, wall. No, no, no. It was a low. It was a low one. That's disgusting. That's Why would you do that? People are just. That's an aggressive move. People are just horrible, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> where are the callers, Sam? Rack the calls up. Come on, you lazy calling, lazy calling gets. <laughs> Made me want to puke. We're putting so much work for you and you can't be bothered. Pull your finger out of your a-holes. Stop doing your your yoni massage. Um, A young family have escaped modern life by living in the woods, eating insects and wearing animal skins. Oh, yeah, these are the cave people. Naomi Walmsley, 36, and Dan Westall, 38, even carved their own bows and arrows, which are so useful in 2018 Britain. But they eat insects. And what are they, what are they shooting? <laughs> the Shropshire couple and children Wren, 20 months, and Maggie, 6, have created their own village in a forest near Tong and teach school children cave painting and fire starting. OK, so they've got a job. Reconstructing. Reconstructing. But but they live. They must live in a house. Don't they? Well, the suggestion is they don't. See if you can find them on Facebook. And then that will answer everything. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. I bet they're on Facebook, but like Facebook, old Facebook, when it looked really different. They'll be on MySpace. Thank you. Fi- see if you can find them. N- uh, um, Naomi Walmsley. Wait. She looks like the weak link out of the two of them. The one that would would hark. I was going to say hunker. Hark back. Hark for modern technology. Right. So we got out back to basics, which is their business. 
Right, fine. Thanks very much. It's not a story. Up yours. Oh, hang on. This page isn't working. Ooh. They've got to get the mouse to run faster. No, the page isn't working. Seriously. Oh. Hang on. How to find us? Page isn't working. Hasn't been invented yet. Oh, oh my God. God, oh, dear God. Sorry. Oh. They're on Twitter. Oh. Bless you. So they're on Twitter? Yeah. So it's not a story? It says teaching Stone Age education and bushcraft oh. to school groups. Come on, right. Well, up the pace. Up the pace. Up the pace. All right, here's one. Do you want one about this? This referee has got up into trouble. Pace, up the pace. Hang on, Louise is going to up the pace. Yes, Louise, up the pace. Hello. How are you? God. <laughs> yeah, it's me. It's the annoying one. No, just up the pace. The vibe. Come on, up the pace. Um, Where's our bloody know, book? Where's our logbook, you dick? It's here, it's here. I'll yes, I know it's Saturday. there. I was being ironic. You've had it for flipping ages. You begged us and begged us and begged us to the point where I thought, actually, you're being irritating. I don't want to give it to you. And then we gave it to you and then you've had it for ages. I've had it since the 10th of October. It arrived on my birthday. Yeah, yeah OK. So that's um, that's over a month. That's over a month. It's the longest anyone's had it, even the even longer than the a-hole who was holding it to ransom. So, you, so, you, so far, you are the worst that we've had out of a very poor showing. Even Eben let us down. Everybody's let us down. I'll hold my hands up to that. Yeah, I am the worst. Okay, well, just you know, <laughs> there you go. Just you know, I know you. I know you're laughing. I ain't laughing. I know it's 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 not a laugh, laugh. It's a nervous laugh. Good as it should be, because you were begging. For I know. Flipping ages. I, I'm getting rid of the logbooks. When they come back in, I'm burning them. I'm burning them. That's what I'm doing, uh, Louise, and it's your fault. When the logbook comes in from Louise and the logbook comes in from the American child, we're going to burn them. No. We're going to burn them. We're not going to no, read them. Burn that poor American child. It's not we're, her fault. We, we don't yeah, even it's know. not Isabel's Shut fault. up! We don't even know. We don't even know if she's a real person. A human being could be a robot. You spoke to her, didn't you? Look, yeah, they've got that, that technology now where you can speak. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Um... Do robot children exist? Here's what I found on the web for do robot children exist. See, you can talk to computers now <laughs> and they answer you back. They completely answer you back. So this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. No. Yes, yes. Don't, yeah. No, don't shut up. Don't you, tell me, don't, you tell, don't you tell me what to do Please. with my logbooks. Don't you tell me what Please. to do with my logbooks that you begged for and then you sat on for ages. When the logbooks come back, Catherine, we're going to film it, we're going to go outside... We're going to get a big old... I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I, I can, quite easily, because these logbooks have been... It's brought out the worst in everybody. Everybody who's had them has let me down and basically stabbed me in the chest. Um, so I'm going to burn them. I've been filling them in. <laughs> I've been filling them in. Oh, that's something. You should have been sending it back um, three weeks and three days ago. You're supposed to have it for like five, six, seven days tops. I'm sorry. Okay, thanks very much for your call, Louise. Let's go to Diana. Good evening, Diana. Hello, Ian and Kath. How are you? Very well, thank you, Diana. I was very disappointed that Howard Hughes didn't mention the Nazi bell on Sunday. Didn't mention the Nazi ba- baby? Nazi bell. Na- oh, the Nazi, Nazi bell. bell. <laughs> I was going to say, well, the Nazi baby's a little bit out of his uh, sphere. Um, the Nazi bell that was flying over, was it Sweden? Yes, and Kath mentioned it the other night. And yeah. It made- and you did some impressions, and it really made me laugh. Well, here, here is the thing. We are better than Hal Hughes. We are better than Hal Hughes at coming up with these stories, finding these stories. We have our fingers on the unexplained yes, pulse. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, really, I did 
I was hoping he'd mention it, but he didn't. But um, he's a I coward. Went, he, Howard's, sca- Howard's scared of the truth. He's scared. he's working for the MSN. As well, he should be. That Nazi bell is very, very powerful technology. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. I went into a charity shop on Sunday afternoon and found a Nazi bell. No, I didn't find that. <laughs> but the, the good thing is that lots of people are getting rid of CDs for different reasons. Oh. And one of the CDs oh, I picked up... Because you love the CDs, of course. Yeah, go on. In immaculate condition. I've got it in front of me. The, the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, which one? Oh, and it's 1991 to 2001. It's the greatest hit. Oh, it's you can't go wrong with a BNL greatest hits. Beautiful. So I think I've got three of ads now. Oh, it's got... Here's the one, here's the one you want, right? The first album, Gordon. That's the album. I haven't got that one. I've got get, two other ones. Get Gordon. Apart from the... They still play it in their set, but... Vaguely racist Yoko Ono song. Um, everything else on there is an absolute gem. It is their best album by a country mile, I think. Get Gordon by the Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. It will fill the hole in your life. But I go around to a lot of um, charity shops, and Cheltenham's a very affluent place, and you'd be amazed what's out there secondhand in, in good condition. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the thing, you see. Posh, the charity shops in posh places... Yeah. It's posh people dropping off stuff. They've got great stuff. I know. Great stuff. I'm doing what I do, DJing. You'd be surprised what I, what I do pick up right. right across the board, you know. Yep, I wouldn't be so Sorry, I'm just replying to Marcus, who wants the logbook. Sorry, Marcus, I'm burning the logbooks as soon as I get them without reading them. Um, and some people think I was a little bit harsh to Lou. That's, that's, that's the way it goes. That's the, that's the way it goes. If you beg and beg and beg and beg and beg and then let someone down, then I'm sorry. That is... You, you're thinking I went too hard there. You're thinking I went in too hard, Catherine. I'm just a bit upset about the logbook and that we'll never know what it contains. Yep. Okay, okay. But, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. If you, if you beg and beg and beg and then and say you'll be the best at it and then you're the worst at it, I'm afraid you're going to get your, your pants pulled down and your butty, your butty and your body, your butty buttered and your body spanked. That's what's happening. Those logbooks are being burnt, Diana, um, and I'm going to film it. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. The logbooks are going to come in. I'm taking them home. I'm going to um, uh, not read them. I'm going to burn them. I'm going to film it and I'm not going to show anybody the footage. <gasps> How's it out? That was screwed up. You, me- you mentioned XTC again last night. Of course, I mentioned them all. I'm on a big XTC trip at the moment. I know you are. What was what, what the hell was wrong with Virgin Records then? Um, I don't. I don't What's really know. Problem? I don't really know the full story. I I just know. I know that XTC, primarily Andy, felt that, yeah. well, actually, but all of them, felt that the, the Virgin Records weren't giving them the push that they needed. Virgin yeah. Records, for, for their part, I believe, felt that XTC weren't quite delivering the hits that they um, expected. Um, and, um, and they reached an impasse, and XTC went on strike. I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Um, uh, is all I can say because I don't really know the ins or indeed well, the have, outs. I have of it. read in with one or two other bands; they were they weren't very nice either. Yeah. What? Oh, Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a band called um, the Ruts. Oh yeah, I know the Ruts. I got. Uh, I know Scott's guy who works with Scott in Balcony Shirts is in the Ruts. Yeah, the Ruts DC. He's no. in the Ruts DC. Lee is in the Ruts DC. Yeah. The original singer. Sadly, died from a heroin overdose in the bath. Malcolm Owen. Well, here's the thing, guys. Don't take heroin yeah. in the bath. I mean, really, because you slump. Don't take heroin. But I, God, I they, they sent. They said to the band a couple of weeks later. You know, we, what about this album that you promised us? And you know, they were in a terrible way. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um... So, well, I've read one or two other things, and of course, they had a lot of bands on the label, didn't they? But well, but 
not not a very nice way to go about business. But of course, they were all like it, weren't they? They were too. They were too busy. This is the story about yeah. um, Virgin. They were too. Richard Branson was too busy. Um, gently stroking Mike Oldfield because that's what made Virgin was tubular bells. That was um, that was. Isn't there a story that um, Mike Oldfield famously was uh, stage shy? Was it stage shy? Yeah, what's the, what's had the stage fright. Stage fright. Thank you. Yeah. And there was a gig booked at the Royal Albert Hall. He didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. And um, Richard Branson picked him up and he's and he's in the car with Mike, the Rolls Royce and Mike Oldfield. Oldfield's going, can't do it, can't do it. And Branson's going, what can I do? What can I do? I will do anything. What can I do to get you on that stage? He said, um, can I have this Rolls Royce? He went, yes, fine. Dropped, it, dropped him off there and gave him the keys. And that was it. Those are the days. Gosh. Those are the days, Diana. Oh, by the way, one more thing. And yes. you, I think Kath mentioned Sid James. Yes. He died at the Sunderland Empire. Oh. Well, he was um, rehearsing or getting ready for a theatre show, a, a comedy. Our rehearsal's not the same as That's dying. That's in front of people, though. It's not not technically, no. And, and apparently, said uh, Les Dawson, a couple of few years later, is alleged to have seen his ghost in the dressing room. I don't know if I... Yeah, I don't believe that's true, because ghosts yeah. don't exist, but if they did... <laughs> Diana, always lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. Go and hunt down Gordon by the Bare Naked Ladies. That's an album. Gordon, and, and then Stunt, if you want. 03444991000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're very welcome to... Um... I've got one if you want. Yeah, go on. A deaf six-year-old boy was left horrified after learning the reason people were staring at him in the classroom. Have you heard this one? No, go on. His teacher, Anna Trippiano, who works at Kendall Demonstration Elementary School in Washington, D.C. America, United States of America. Revealed the sweet anecdote in a post on Facebook. Anna wrote, Today in first grade, one of my deaf students farted loudly in class. Other students turned to look at them. The following is a snippet of a 15-minute conversation that happened entirely in American Sign Language among the group of deaf students and I. The young boy asked why pupils were looking at him, so his teacher bluntly replied, because they heard you fart. Hang on. But they're all deaf. Some of them are more deaf than others, I guess. I guess they've all got a sense of smell. It's probably heightened. No, they heard it. So kid said, what do you mean? Me. Hearing pe- hearing people can hear farts. Kid too, totally horrified. Wait, they can hear all farts? Wow! Oh, he's been farting all his life. <laughs> this is and and third asked how you're supposed to know which ones people can hear and which ones they can't. This led to the teacher having to he explain. He doesn't know about silent but violent. Well, the teacher's explaining the silent but violent. Well here. done, great. You know work. how sometimes you can feel your butt move when you fart. Oh, yeah. A lot of those they can hear, but if your butt doesn't move, then it's more likely they didn't hear it. What? Upset this new information, the boy then shouted, "Tell them to stop listening to my farts. That is not nice." That is not nice. <laughs> here it is. Wait, <laughs> everyone farts. It's healthy. You can't stop. Kid three. Wait, everyone, even my mum. Yep. My dad? Yep. You? Yep. All the kids laugh hysterically. So you can hear and smell all the farts? Me. Some of the farts, yes. Not all of them. Can hearing people see farts? What? Yeah, These kids need to slap. Kid three, yeah, green smoke comes out of their butt. I saw it on TV. Wow. Me, that doesn't happen in real life. Kid one, what? Ugh, I don't understand farts. And the teacher says, I went to college for eight years to have these conversations. Wow. So, so you say deaf kids are sick? No, 
mean, you've I suppose sit, if you've never... dirty minds! Never... That's funny. If you think it's... I'm joking, of course. If you think it's silent and then uh, suddenly... Everyone's uh, looking at, at you. At an age, you realise, <laughs> what, they can hear everything? Oh, my God. <laughs> All the time, I've just let rip. What have I been doing? <laughs> 0344 499 is the telephone number. Call in, don't worry. You're not in trouble if you've never held the logbook. People might be hesitant to call in. It's in the bad mood. No, no, no. If you've not held the logbook, you've not let us down yet. So, um, you're welcome to call in. This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Okay, guys, the vibe is well and truly up. Don't worry, you are not in trouble if you've not had the logbook. You haven't let me down yet. Hemo, stay there. I want to do this story because this is funny. This is funny. Old, Old, entitled people. The National Trust was embroiled in another row over political correctness last night. Now, it's a row, right? One guy. (laughs) It's a monologue. Over political correctness last night after being accused of dropping the terms BC and AD before Christ and Anno Domini. Is that right, Anno Domini? Um, David Pearson, a member of the National Trust for 32 years... Oh, right. And therefore he owns it. ...told how his visit to an historic house had been ruined. (laughs) My God, really? Ruined by the omission. Ruined. A timeline at Avery Manor in Wiltshire used BCE before Common Era and CE, Common Era, instead of before Christ and Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. Mr Pearson, 63, of Haworth, West Yorkshire, said the politically correct term... Spoiled the visit for him and his wife, Elaine, 56. It spoiled the visit. BC and AD taking off, spoiled the visit. I bet I know what spoiled the visit for Elaine. (laughs) Yes, man! The important thing is, do you know when stuff happened? Work it out. I had to ask what they meant. (laughs) No, you didn't. I'm educated to master's standard in history. (laughs) So I'm not a numbskull said the retired banking consultant. I was told they used those terms so as not to offend non-Christians. A member of staff said they had an awful lot of complaints about using them. I bet they'd had no complaints apart from you, Ms. Blodgett. <laughs> um, and then that's... Uh, um, the, the, um, OK, d- d- then they go on about the other things they, they, they've, they've had trouble with. Dr Michael Nazir Ali, former Bishop of Rochester said the using... I mean, it's a silly thing if that's what they're doing. I'm, I bet there's a little bit more to in that. said using BCE and CE amounts to the dumbing down of the Christian basis of our culture, language and history. Well... Um, OK. But, <laughs> is it dumbing down or is it opening up? A national trust... Well, I think it's, I think it's silly. But what's a surprise? There is more to it than that. A national trust spokesman insisted our editorial style is to use AD and BC. He said the charity will look into the use of BCE and see it Avery Manor and on some of its website pages. So oh, the right. National Trust is going, well, it's one place. I don't really know what's going on. We'll look into it. But no, it's not our policy. And this miserable old git is going, his, his trip was ruined. No. But I love the fact that they say, <laughs> I've been paying for membership for 35 years, which makes them more entitled than anyone else. It's good, the National Trust. I love it. And mm-hmm. my um, ex-wife... Got you can get you can buy like a like a lifetime's membership, and so when she was like five, she got a lifetime oh. membership, which she, she can still use. Well, that's um, going to cost a bump. It's a lot of money, and but I I think 
my in-laws, I think they've bought lifetime memberships of both the boys. Gosh, it's a great. few grand. It's a few grand. And, you know, they've got, like, it's, it's a lot to shell out. But it's for life. We go anywhere for life. We've, in that. the past, when we were trying to make more of our weekends, because we realised that, you know, you work all week as a, you know, parents and then you're shattered all weekend. And if you're not careful, you just sit around the house all, all weekend and you think, I've achieved nothing. So in an attempt to get get ourselves out of the house, we um, we alternated. One year we bought um, National Heritage, uh, no, English Heritage yep. membership, I think. And then the year after it was National Trust. And it was good to mix it up, actually, because you, kind of, you, you kind of use up all the places near you. And then so you, National Trust, at least, it's sort of different places. And I think each one was about 70 quid. But that was for, you know, four people to be able to get in somewhere for nothing. You can park for nothing yeah. and type yeah. it into other that was things. Great. It's, it was fantastic. Stuff is great. We saw loads, and the kids love it. Horrible histories, you see, has opened up yeah. that whole thing. It's not. When I was a kid, we used to get taken to stately homes, and it was just walking through sort of musty corridors, looking at big old pictures of people you didn't didn't really know what they were for. But horrible histories, the kids love it. Their yeah. imagination runs wild when yeah. we go to these places. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Hemo. Good evening, Hemo. Hello, hello. Uh, I like stately homes. I think they're quite funky. I like. I, I like. Do. Well, but you're an old man, Hemo. I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I'm a young man. Well, I tell you what, why don't you tell us the age and we'll be the judge of that? It begins with a three. Well, you're an old man. Stop. Unless unless it, unless it, that's it, unless it's only that number, you're an old man. What? Don't say that. Mate, you're in your 30s. You're old. Yeah, 31. Old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No one else has ever said that. It's the me. kind. Stately homes are exactly what the thirty-one-year-olds oh, are God, digging. They love it, don't they? They love it, old boy. <laughs> and then they'll have a scone at lunchtime and think it's a treat. Yeah, jam first or cream first? Uh, I think you're supposed to put cream on first. I just put half and half and mush it together. God, going out with you would ruin my day. I put a scone in my mouth and then I open my mouth and I have someone cream into it and then some jam deposited. So, Brilliant. Hemo, why have you called in? I'm, I'm enjoying the vibe. We're getting a strong vibe from you. This uh, is great. First great. of all, I, I first called in because you were talking about fast. We were, oh, yes. Well, have, you got, have you got one brewing? Can we hear it? No, no, but, but basically I've got, I've got a kind of newish girlfriend. Been dating for a couple of months. Oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah. It's getting serious. This is a minefield. I'm in front of her now. Yeah. Right. She's, she's not yet. She's, she's not yet released. So you have. Of course he has. And you, she has. Oh, yeah. And you've done it loud and proud. Oh, Full, full smells, everything, a whole lot. Part of the reason I think my, my marriage failed was because I couldn't even go do a poo on the, in the same on the same floor of the house. If, if if my wife was, I had to go to a different floor of the house and mm-hmm. shut the the living room door, then go upstairs and then shut the bathroom door. Couldn't I? Couldn't so I've never farted in front. So of I guess her. I should be yeah. flattered that when I walk in here, sometimes it's like walking through a butcher's curtain. <laughs> oh, don't, don't do another one. Doors. Never. Never since I was a kid, my mum sort of had a rule. I don't know whether someone had an accident once or something, but it was just don't lock the door if you're in the bathroom. I never did. Oh, I, I no, I'm a big, I'm a big bathroom door locker. Yeah, mm. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in and out. I'm really quick. I don't go until I really need to go. Oh, oh I don't do that thing. My dad, my my dad, dad used to be in there for ages. Yeah, take the newspaper in there, and now I realise, of course, oh, he yeah, was just going in there for some peace, peace and stuff. But no, I, I, I just, um, I just drop and wipe, and I'm out. Yeah. Thirty seconds tops. Can we can we try and raise the intellectual level a little bit? Okay, about okay. Actually, I think right, it's, this, is, this is what else I've got. I, okay. Well, hang on. Before we raise the intellectual okay. level, I think it's an interesting thing. You know, it's a it's a measure of a relationship, isn't it? As to whereabouts you are in that kind of has she Ooh, farted in front what, of you moment. Ooh. 
Can Shall I, I stop? tell you what she did to me today? Hang on, can okay. I stop the clock? Well done, Tracy Fawcett, who's tweeted in. A little bit of research, Tracy. Tracy knows her onions. And she's got a picture of uh, a lady from the olden days as her avatar. I've seen Tracy post a few times. This is great. This National Trust story makes me so angry. CE and BCE have been standard use in historical study for decades. It allows for comparison with worldwide history. If he's claiming he's a history graduate, he's lying. Nothing to do with PC. Bloody gammon. Let's go... (laughs) Bloody gammon! Let's go back to the story. Let's go back to the story because actually... He doesn't... You're you're absolutely right. He he doesn't say he's a history graduate. He says... Up to master's level. He says... I'm educated to master's standard in history. So that doesn't mean anything. No. Do you know what he, do you know what I bet he's saying? Because he's been a flipping member of the National Trust yes, for 36 years. Tracy! That's well something done. you can exchange for a flipping a graduation ceremony at Cambridge. Tracy, if you were here, you'd be getting high fives from me and Kath. That is the tweet of the day. Yes, Emma, go on. What, anyway, what, what did you do today? Uh, well, just lower the tone once again. Oh, God. I was just saying what she did for me. Like, she didn't. She doesn't fart in front. Of, she doesn't fart in front of me, but oh, she did clear out my belly bone with a cotton swab. Go away! Oh you're a horrible. You're a horrible, disgusting God. pervert. Don't want per- can we not have any more perverts on the show? Uh, Nigel in <laughs> Temple Fortune. Ah, well, let one more on. Yes, Nigel. That's very nice, that is, isn't it? You don't know what, what, what I'm going to say, and I've been labelled. Well, yeah, well labelled a, let's see if that label gets removed, Nigel. You can remove the label, but you have to earn the removal process. Earn it? Well, I'm going, I, I'm going to throw something on the table. Of course, you won't get these, these horrible see? smells. He's going to lay yes, something on the table. He's a pervert. <laughs> of course, you'd have a chemical toilet. S- sorry? What, in your house? Well, people have them in offices, don't they, and on building sites. Yeah, but I don't live on a building site. I tell you the worst thing, right, the worst thing is when you see someone's house, and they've obviously got builders in. Yes. Because the builders have put a chemical toilet in the front garden. Yeah. What is that about? That's to stop them walking in and out with the muddy boots. Yeah. Chemical toilet in the front garden. I'd let them use use the toilet, lads. Don't put a chemical toilet in the front garden. There's plastic tracks through the house that they can walk on. Yeah, exactly. Supposing someone threw a yeah, match into that good. toilet, you got a bomb. <laughs> ISIS would love that. <laughs> Wouldn't they? Um, yes, well, so chemical toilets... Um, oh, that reminds me of Australia. We have to use chemical toilets all the time over there. Oh, were they chemical? No, there was, no we had a, well, a hole. Yes? Have you ever used one of those 50p pay in the street toilets? Oh, not for about 15 years. The ones that clean themselves. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, not for about fifteen years. I haven't years. seen one for years. There's still a few around. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't trust those. They're all the rage, and of course now, in, in about two years ago in central London, they've introduced unisex urinals. Of course, haven't they? Well, I couldn't stand up to go. Can't be a unisex. A unisex urinal. urinal. Yeah. Does unisex and you, do that? It, well, hang on a minute. How how does that work? I think you sort, of, you, you sort of walk into it and you uh, you leave your deposit and you walk away and that's your lot. Women can't use urinals, can they? Well, I'm sure it's. Uh, I've seen two of them in town. I don't know. No, no, no. Are you way. talking about a piss? Are you talking about a pissoir? One oh, of those open. One of those open air urinals. That that may be it. Then. May, I don't think it's confused. it's very um, uh, nice of you to be so modern and embracing the unisex phenomenon, but I don't think they're unisex. No, they're just open air. 
because um, they're big in Paris. The first time I saw one in France, one of those yeah. kind of green twirly circles that you walk in and mm-hmm. then you're just having a pee mm-hmm. outdoors. Yeah. It's outrageously erotic. Um, I don't think they're unisex, but, um, but you're sure if, all, you know, you, I, I, I do think it's a bit weird. Yeah, we vote, we voted yeah. Brexit, Nigel, and we voted it for a reason. We do not want a stinking pissoir in London. Au revoir, le pissoir. There we go. Nigel? Right, before I go, before yes. I go, yes. one last thing I remember from a kid at school, the most awful thing to, to do with, with toilets and bathrooms again was tracing paper toilet oh, paper. Oh, Eisel, it was called, wasn't it? Eisel. Oh, it was horrible. Do you remember it? Oh, it was yes, grim, I do. It? Didn't soak anything. Just well, no. spread it around. So I wouldn't go. I wouldn't do a number two uh, at school. You couldn't. Never did a number two at school because it was just and it, it was disgusting. The, and it had the name of the local authorities that were running through it. Was grim. It did, it didn't it? It did. It was watermarked with that. <laughs> uh, Nigel, I look forward to hearing you on another radio station in a couple of hours. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Paul Ross, come in. At last, some culture. Thank God. It's been a horrible show tonight, Paul. It's been horrible. Although there's a lovely French novel, I can't remember who wrote it, they made it into a TV series in the 70s on the BBC called Cloche Mail about the impact on a small French provincial town of the arrival of those circular urinals you're talking about when the men could do what they had to do. You could see their feet and their hats and they would doff their caps to passing ladies. <laughs> it's, quite, no, it's, it's a lovely book, that, if you get the chance to find it. Cloche, Cloche Mail. Yeah. Fantastic. What, what's on your show tonight? Well, on the show, oh, it was... Uh, cough, it was... Personal. It was um, <laughs> 80 years ago this year that Franco Delano Roosevelt suspended a cabinet meeting yeah. because he wanted to hear what happened to a horse in a horse race. Oh. Have you seen the film Seabiscuit? I've heard about I'm it. I'm aware of it. Where of it? I've not seen it. Okay, it's a great film. Toby Maguire's in it, the original, well, the second time around, Spider-Man. Um, and Seabiscuit was this phenomenon that kind of lifted the spirits of post-depression America. It was a little horse with the heart of a lion, they said. Well, they've now done something... Well, that's cheating, I think, surely. <laughs> exactly. Remarkable and distasteful in equal, equal measure. When um, poor old Seabiscuit went to the great pasture in the sky, a couple of its hooves were used to make um, ashtrays as they used to do in those days, right? Now some scientist has taken the DNA from those hooves to try and establish what it was in Seabiscuit's DNA that made him such a great runner. Oh. It's a remarkable, weird tale, isn't oh, it? Gosh. And also, I don't want to alert you folks, but a dark matter hurricane is on the point of passing planet Earth. So we're Ooh. talking to a leading astrophysicist about... A, isn't, even the words, I had you at dark matter hurricane, yes, didn't man, I? A dark did. matter hurricane. We don't know what it is, but we think it holds the universe together. It's on the move and it's passing planet Earth. Wow, fantastic. All That's... that and the usual old Tosh, including Josh Rom. You... Or as I now call him, Tosh Rom. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good lad. He's a great lad. <laughs> uh, thank you, Paul. Um, it's, it's all kicking off on Twitter. Oh, good. Julie, all bad? Julie Bexley is calling me out, saying, um, Ian was out of order. I'm not the one that promised to bring to send a book back after five days and nearly four weeks on top of that, we still haven't got the book back. Is this the logbook? Oh, d- can everyone just stop talking about the logbook? That was a great... Whatever happened to that logbook idea? No shit if you well, exactly. well, one is with a kid in America and one is with someone who's had it for over four weeks who, who was begging and begging and begging. That's a big log. That's a big old log. Hey, listen, you know, I'm not... I'm, listen, we're all cool and, um... Uh, Oh, get lost, Julie, actually. You don't understand the theatre of the show. Get stuff. I'm going to get the logbook and I'm going to put it where the sun don't shine. What, don't get the theatre of the show. Cr- get cr- lost. Put it where Croydon in November. <laughs> where the sun don't shine. I'll clean that one up for you, Kathy. Thank so that's, you. That saved you an Ofcom. Beautiful. Thank you very much indeed. Um, well, I guess, well, you're, you're tidying up. We've still got two minutes to fill. Oh, Paul Ross is here now. He might as well c- crack on. No, but the, <laughs> the thing is, oh. he's not contractually obliged to crack on. i tell you on. who we have got on the show, though, I'm looking forward to hearing yes. from, is do you ever watch The Mash Report? 
It kind of goes up and down. Oh, yeah. It's on BBC Two on a Friday night now. We've got Stephen Allen from it. Ah. Who's the, he's the bald-headed oh, um, I know. Yes, They're very good. He's like, uh, like kind of Chevy Chase used to deliver. They said the driest line dryly. He's very good at that, I think. Yeah, so Steve's yeah. coming in, talks through the news with us. And oh, he's some, good. I like him. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's very good, yeah. I like him. OK, well, now we've got a minute and, you, and a half. Did you know his character's got a... His, that character's got a name, which I didn't know. Oh, yeah. It's a great news name. bit American for me. He's called Tom Logan. Okay. It's quite a good newsy name. Well, someone just sent me a screenshot of, um, uh, it looked like an American um, racing commentator whose name was Willie Stroker. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Which is is great. Although I miss the time when our newscasters had like three syllable surnames, Gordon Honeycomb. Reginald Bosenket. They were great names. I don't remember. I'm aware of Reginald Bosenket. I don't remember. I'm too young for him, but Gordon Honeycomb. That, yeah. was, a, that was a great old He name. was the original guy recruited, wasn't he, by David Foss when TVM first started? Yeah, yeah, big King of guy. Yeah. Also, an expert on dark and hideous crime. He wrote a great history of the Black Museum at Scotland Yard. One of the few non coppers allowed into it in the 1960s. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Have you been around the Black Museum? Have I been to there? Yeah, been no, around my it. wife's been there. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic, fascinating. Um, yeah, I'd love to have a. Is it still there? Did they move it? I think they've moved it, but they got. Yeah, I mean, I think you can also. It's not the same. You can you can do the tour online. I think, but there's still stuff they don't show you. Ah, uh, exactly. Uh, right, listen, we are we're done now. We fill of dark matter. <laughs> Thank you for filling for us. My voice is going, man. Are, are you it's struggling with this aircon at the end of your show? No, because I warm it up. When I come in here, it's as cold as Julia Hartley Brewer's heart, because you have it that frigid. But by the end of the show, it's normal temperature, (laughs) with all respect to her. Maybe that's it. Um, Paul Ross will be up at one. We are done for tonight. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Catherine. Don't forget, there are podcasts aplenty. Uh, I think we've got, like, eight tickets left for the show in Bath on Saturday. If you want to come, go to my website, ianlee.com, and you will find all the details there. Paul Ross is up after the news at one.